Hi there, and thanks for tuning in to the Four-Eyed Radio Network. You're about to listen to another proud presentation brought to you by Revenge Lover Designs. Stand out from the crowd. For more information, visit revengelover.com and mention the podcast for 10% off of your order. Today on Ranger Command Power Hour. So I have to mute myself when I'm not talking because uh, otherwise the soundtrack of Frozen 2 will be playing in the background. Uh, spoilers. So we were singing uh, Hush Little Baby, Don't Say a Word to Nolan at lunch for some unknown reason. Nolan's my youngest. Because that's what Mama sings to him when she puts him to bed. So I was singing it loudly and obnoxiously, and I kept changing the words. And I'm like, you know, it's like, and, and Mama's going to buy you a diamond ring. I'm like, and if that diamond ring... And I hear Rachel from the bathroom yell, brass is made of brass. <laughs> and so I was like, if that diamond ring gets lost in the grass... Dad is gonna go and smack dad. I didn't say anything. And then Dolan, Dolan, who's 18 months old, goes, ass. (laughs) And I lost it because I have no idea where he learned that from. You don't don't have any idea where he got that from, Chris, really? That was insane. Like, the James Gunn stuff. I know, right? Nowhere. That was a game changer. Jeez. I loved it. I love when someone was like, "Yeah, you like Comrider," and he's like, "No, I love I it." I love it. <laughs> <laughs> this is my seventh uh, participation in a stream or podcast since Wednesday. So. <laughs> nice. All right, so hey, how about some comics? <laughs> <laughs> Eric's like, "Oh, I promise, I'm just now hitting record." <laughs> no, I mean it automatically goes. So I've got 20 minutes of uh, stuff oh, I can cut. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, I'm actually recording this time, so that's great. Right. The, the running joke. I was going to say, you won't let that go from three times ago. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so hard on Are you sure you got it this time, Eric? I swear to God, after that incident where we had to record all that, this is on my screen. I'm like <laughs> making sure that green timestamp is going. I, I can't. I got to have that separate on the screen because... I do not want that to happen again. It is so defeating when you lose audio for a podcast and it's like 30, 40 minutes of really good discussion. Well, we so came back hard though. We faked it until we made it. Oh yeah, we, we faked it really good, but man, I was so <laughs> pissed at the time. Well, I was going to say, if, you know, Corey, who's on the streets with us, he has, he has told us that he's done at least three times. He's gone to record unboxing videos. And then when he's done, he realizes he didn't hit record <gasps> right. And oh, it's just completely no. And I'm like, look, dude, one time is a coincidence. It's like two times, three times, you gotta be on top of yourself. And now on Ranger Command Power Hour. Ay, 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 ay! It's the Ranger Command Power Hour! Today on the Power Hour, episode 163, Ranger Merch Review, Boom Studios, Power Ranger Comics, Part 9, Necessary Evil, Part 2, recorded on July 12th, 2020. Welcome to the Ranger Command Power Hour on the Four-Eyed Radio Network. It's time to ranger up with your hosts. I'm Eric, also known as TrekkieB47. I'm Chris, also known as Toku Chris. Wait, I'm Chris, also known as Long's Toys. Chaboro, also known as Will of the Queen. I'm Five, also known as Sentai Five. And I'm Derek. This episode is brought to you by our patrons on Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash rangercommandph to learn more about supporting Ranger Command Power Hour. Thanks to our $5 and above patrons, Chris P, Steve F, Doug F, AJW, Tyler W, Tyler B, Tyler D, Eric D, Jacob P, Steve M, Liz M, Craig M, Calumet, Mason M, Raheem Y, Derek G, and Teresa B for supporting us this month. 
Derek Ooh, hey. G. <laughs> hey, we got him in the chat. <laughs> I wonder if he's going to get this episode early. I don't know. Also, all the Tylers. We got Tyler W, Tyler B, Tyler D, all the Tylers you can watch. <laughs> There's always a trend. We I wanted to make like a joke pie chart of like our patrons by breakdown, like 30% guys named Tyler, <laughs> like 40% people with the last name that starts with him. That's true. <laughs> If there's ever a Tyler M, he's the god. He wins all the patrons. <laughs> Just make it a Tyler M tier. Exactly. Thank you all for being on, on the show today. This is great. We got a lot to talk about today, uh, but first we do have some news. First off, Boom Studios has announced the second printing for Mighty Morphin Power Rangers 50 which will be released on August 5th. Power Rangers 50 sold out at the distributor level, and now they're doing the second printing. And it's got the design drawing for Draken, the powerless Draken, from Dan Mora. And I got the preview for 51. And so the Dark Rangers and Draken's new look were designed by Dan Mora. Ooh. Yeah. I love Dan Mora. He's a god. Yeah. It's a really cool cover. Check that out on uh, Ranger Command. Next up, we've known about these releases for months now, (laughs) but we Hasbro finally officially announced the SPD Omega Ranger with Unicycle, the In Space Psycho Rangers 5-pack, and the MMPR Red Collector's Helmet. So we got full press release images for these high quality. What are your guys' thoughts on these? Goat. That's all I can say. (laughs) (laughs) Because I'm a huge SPD fan. I love the Omega Ranger suit. Not so much about the character, but I think it's the perfect choice to start out doing uh, lightning collection vehicles for the figures. It's a very interesting choice, and I hope it sells well. If we can get more vehicle packs, like bikes from power rangers i'm gonna lose it because yeah. I, I think that i think the uniform cycle looks great the figure i'm a little iffy on like those lines are thick yeah they wanted Her to make sure that you v. saw the six on there <laughs> <laughs> what's the v really stand for because man they're they're calling it out i was a little disappointed because someone pointed out that the spd omega figure is based on time force red mold so it doesn't have the same badge mold from spd red's body figure so there's no like molded badge on his sleeve yeah that's a weird choice i don't know I i don't get it you make these molds to be reused, I would assume, so why don't you reuse them? <laughs> but I'm starting to hate that they use the pre-production renders on the packaging because the render on the box art looks so much better than the figure. Like the morphers <laughs> painted, true. the V is an appropriate like size. It's uh I wish they'd stop doing that. Cause they're just rubbing it in of the nice. I just hope they paint his morpher. That's like my I don't want to say that's my like by yes no factor and we won't know until we actually get the figure but if right. the morpher's not painted man i'm gonna be that's that's a rough man that's that's we're going back to legacy levels at that point it's like ooh. i think the price point is good like 30 bucks for a figure and a motorcycle yeah, that's yeah. like just ten dollars more that's pretty good aren't they like 40 to 60 dollars for marvel legends yeah around? usually when it's a character in a vehicle like ghost rider and his bike or something they're usually 40 yeah. Yeah, wow, so that's good. Yeah, it's usually an assortment when Marvel does it. So 
I don't know. Is this a is this an Amazon exclusive or is it a fan yes. channel exclusive? Yeah, Amazon. An Amazon. Okay, so they're they're probably mm-hmm. able to do the price. As for why they picked the Time Force Red mold, I don't know entirely if this is true, but it might be just an issue with reusing the mold because Shadow, mm-hmm. if I remember the the chest underneath the armor, is the same as SPD Red, if I'm not mistaken. Just oh, kind of okay. like Zeo, Zeo Gold had the same body as Zeo Blue. You just had to take Zeo Gold Shield off to see that they had actually molded the chest crest for the Zeo oh. Rangers. Uh, so I don't know if there's an issue with they're only using uh, certain pieces a couple times. I haven't pulled apart my Mighty Morphin figures to figure that out. I don't know where half of them are at the moment. I feel like you could just you could use the Time Force body if you wanted to. Just remold that arm with the badge. Yeah, that's true. You'd only have to reuse the one arm. It could have just been it was cheaper to use the Time Force Red because yeah. it was in production at the same time. Because, yeah. I mean, these these things have already shipped to Amazon. We've known that they are coming and that they've shipped a while mm-hmm. back. So They all just got dumped out. The only thing I can think of is that they... And it, you could be looking at a COVID-19 thing, right? Because all sure. these factories shut down and, and the Power Ranger toys, as far as they're still being manufactured in China, while Transformers are out of Vietnam. But if that's the case, maybe they couldn't have the factory where that master mold for the SPD body was. So they had to use a different one. I mean, there's mm-hmm. all these little factors we don't know and we'll probably never know and... We could know, but someone just doesn't think it's important enough to tell us. Sure. He didn't think it was important <laughs> enough to like have a reveal of these toys, really. They just dumped them out. I told Josh, <laughs> you guys probably know Josh, who does the lightning figures. Yeah. yeah. Um, I said, you're so used to, he kept saying, when are we going to get a fan first Friday for Power Rangers? I said, well, you got a fan afterthought Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> I love Josh's tweet when he like zoomed in on the uh, packaging press shot and there was a crease and he's like, hey, they replicated the quality you'll get from Amazon shipping. I I lost it. (laughs) I got to be honest. I just got my Ranger Slayer from uh, Hasbro Pulse and the one side is a little caved in. I was like, Hasbro, you were the one last bastion we had. And now you can't even get it together. What's the point of shipping everything in a separate box if it's still going to come greased? <laughs> yeah, I'm surprisingly true. have a lot of um, good luck with Amazon when they're stupid uh, bubble wrap packaging. Yeah, oh. same. It's, it's so hit or miss for me. I, I, yeah. I cringe. I'm like, well, since Psycho Ranger Pack and SPD Omega come out on the same day, maybe they'll be kind enough to put it in just one big nice box. <laughs> Yeah. I hope so. Don't, don't yeah, I do like to pulse. watch the, the Psycho Rangers will, will just get kind of like the Green Ranger helmet from Legacy. I remember I ordered one from Amazon and they literally just put the shipping label on the box of the oh, Green Ranger helmet. Yeah, they were it. doing that to Power Swords too. Or was it yeah. somebody was? I think I think everybody was. So that's why I'm curious. Like if the Psycho Rangers are just going to get a, a packaging label stamped on them and shipped out. <laughs> Collectors first. <laughs> When I got that Legacy Green Ranger helmet, it said it was delivered by Amazon. I didn't get it. Like, my uh, old apartment was like, yeah, no, we don't. We never got anything for you today. And I'm like, what the hell? So I, I contacted Amazon back before they got, like, really stingy about this stuff. I was like, yo, I never got this. Like, it says delivered, but I checked with my post op, my, my mail room at my uh, apartment. They said they didn't get it. And they're like, oh, okay, well, we'll ship you a brand new one in the box. Oh, okay. And I got the brand new one, like, overnighted to me. And then the apartment was like, oh, yeah, by the way, we did find this. It was just shoved in the corner. But, oh, unfortunately, they had... The, the postal label on there, and they wrote my name, like, all over the box. Oh, and I was like, oh. God. So I have it, like, because part of me is, you know, some, I selling stuff, because I have a, a third kid on the way here uh, in about, yeah, less, uh, less than two weeks. Salute. That escalated quickly. Congrats. <laughs> yeah, congrats. Yes. <laughs> yes, thank you, thank you, thank you. July 22nd. Um, just wait till you find out what we named him. Oh. 
It's probably <laughs> anyway. I know. Yeah, Eric, Eric knows, but um, and maybe I'll tell you guys when we're not recording. But anyway, long story short, I can always uh, cut it out. I can cut this part out. Okay, so Eric, this is where you cut it and uncut. Yes. So our last news item: Battle for the Grid season three officially begins July fourteenth with the release of RJ Jungle Fury Wolf Ranger. Nice. Nice. Mm-hmm. nice. Oh, that's in like two days, isn't it? Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Tuesday. So, what are they going to announce? <laughs> I'm very excited to see the move set and some nice high-res images. Um, when they first did the trailer for it, I thought the character looked great. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I just find it hilarious, that teaser trailer, and they're like, a secret character, and it's <laughs> clearly Scorpina. <laughs> Who could that be? Ninjora, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Another gold ranger. It's Zordon. Wait till you see the moveset. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we are going to wrap up the second half of Necessary Evil. It's all out after like a two-month COVID-19 pandemic delay. Never had to wait so long for it to see the end of the world. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Seriously. We're going to be talking about GoGo Power Rangers first, and then we'll get into the last half of uh, Necessary Evil for MMPR. I just want to get like general thoughts right now. We can We can dive into some of these individual issues, but... Oh, and to all of our listeners, this is going to be completely spoiler-filled. So if you haven't read them yet, you can skip the rest of this episode, come back to it when you're finished reading. Or if you don't care about spoilers, I mean, just listen. And I I do want to thank Ryan Parrott. A couple episodes ago, we had him on for interview for Power Rangers number 50. And he did mention that he's listened to our past uh, comic reviews, uh, especially... Especially the the last one that we did for Necessary Evil. And he said we got some things right and, and some other things he was like, eh, didn't go that way. But, but he, he, he did kind of confirm Terror Dactyl as the morph call for Ranger Slayer. So that's Yes, good. yes. <laughs> Uh, he, he really liked that. So thanks to Ryan for uh, checking out uh, our reviews. And I just think it's cool that, you know, we can still do like critical feedback and have the writer listen to that and maybe take some things from that. I think that's pretty cool. So don't be afraid to like, don't hold back. I mean, your, your <laughs> thoughts are your thoughts. Well, we all know he didn't write beyond the grid, so we're good. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> oh, too soon. Have I knew when you guys were going to bring it up. I knew it. <laughs> Haven't we talked about it? <laughs> if, if not for your listeners, Eric, do it for us. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, I just meant how the role that they play in in the ending of Necessary Evil. Uh, yep, Lincoln, you'll miss it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, remember these? Cool. There you go. That's the role they play. <laughs> We'll tackle GoGo Power Rangers, the back half of their Necessary Evil portion. And this is the ramp up to the beginning of Necessary Evil with uh, Mighty Morphin 40. So this is the rest of that fill-in gap. And we had some interesting things happen in this group of issues. We had issue 26 that dealt with Tommy versus the Sword of Light, Saba with the whole trial that he had to go through to claim the white light. And especially these issues, they definitely take place during white light. 
And then towards the end of the Go Go Power Rangers, we also get the power transfer. These last issues of Go Go Power Rangers really fill in these little sections between the episodes. And I think Ryan did a pretty good job of navigating those points between the episodes without like just rehashing large swaths of that. He did a great job at, I mean, because what he's basically doing, he's rewriting these characters, right, to make them feel more modern. Um, and give them more modern look, but also keeping the integrity of what happened in certain episodes or certain points of the story intact, which I think is great. So I thought he did a really good job. Um, I, I would say that I, I do feel that, focusing on Gogo Power Rangers, I do feel that they really did kind of come to that conclusion of, oh crap, we have to end this in X amount of episodes. Uh, we gotta bust through this real quick. Um, mm-hmm. I thought the pacing was really, really fast. I'm not saying that deters from the story because I, I love everything that Ryan's doing, everything that the rest of the creative team is doing. But I do feel that it was super fast paced. But I thought it was great for what he had to do and what they had to work with. Yeah, I agree. I was going to say the exact same thing. Like it definitely, especially that last issue felt super rushed. But I don't blame him for that. Like I said, he's been doing a great job. It does feel like they said to him, oh, by the way, you have like one or two issues left. And he was like, oh, wait, what? Okay, then I got a <laughs> motor on this. Because <laughs> it, did, it did feel like everything was, you know, normal pacing. And then all of a sudden it was like turned up to 11 and he had to go. So I'm sure that probably wasn't his decision. But I agree. He did. You know, I don't fault him. Everything he's been doing has been great. I kind of want to refute that because I feel like with Necessary Evil, I don't know if I mentioned it in the last episode, it kind of. I don't want to say he wrote himself into a corner, but it kind of seems like he did because at this point, Gogo is so close to what's happening in Mighty Morphin. It's like, you, what more can you do after this? So, I mean, when I finished the last episode, I mean, the last episode, um, the last issue of Gogo, it felt kind of hollow, but at the same time, it was like, it had to be done. So, like, I, I get it. I do, I share the same sentiments. It's just like, this feels very quick. It's like, we're going through so many different stories in a, in a short amount of time but it's like again you have to do it because at this point after you know maybe 32 we're gonna have mirror comics so i think it's smart and again you know 32 issues of a comic book that's an accomplishment that's a after. really great run yeah mm-hmm. heck yeah he was the writer for that entire run. I was going through these final issues and one of the things I appreciated was at least in 32, the culmination of the argument between Tommy and Jason Mm. and how Tommy felt really betrayed. And it makes sense when you read it chronologically, you really get a new perspective Because I remember that Jason versus Tommy fight in MMPR. It was like, where's all this anger coming from Tommy? And then you see the beginnings of that in this last issue of Go Go Power Rangers. And the one thing I I really liked for the final issue of of Go Go is that, that final split that they did where you see the new status quo with the MMPR Rangers and then the Omega Rangers receiving their power. I loved them getting their powers, that whole ceremony. Mm. It it totally reflected what Zordon first said to them. The Blue Emissary was saying, Trini, you're resilient and and logical. You're going to become the yellow. It had such a throwback to when they first got their MMPR powers in the show. 
And I, I love that entire scene and how they split at the final pages of that comic. They're each fighting these, these two groups and probably their first battles as fully formed teams. And those, those last two pages where they split the fight like that duality. So I loved how it ended, but yeah, the, the last couple issues were definitely like, we got to meet these certain story points and mm. just knock them out really quickly. And so I can see why that might be a, that feeling of being rushed. Yeah, I agree that the ending was a little bit rushed. I do think, though, that's kind of the best use of Gogo as sort of a parallel timeline in this arc than I feel like it had on the whole run, just in the way mm. that if you're reading it in order that the issues came out, like between this and MMPR, the way that it's sort of doling out like answered questions, like it's all, you can almost read it. Like I binged read the whole arc in the order that they all came out. And it sort of mm. felt like you would reach a cliffhanger in MMPR. And then you're sort of like having a little flashback, filling in a little bit of a blank and answering some questions, but you're always going to have a little bit of that tension and mystery there um, up until the end. And I think that like, probably because they were both written by the same guy, but mm-hmm. uh, it's better than I think it had been um, before just the way that it all tied together. So seamlessly. Uh, like filling in each other's blanks. And I think that was helped with how close the timelines were. Like was said before, it does also make it like a little too much of a foregone conclusion where it's like, okay, well, we know exactly where they're going to end up. But right. I think up until the very end, it was, was paced out pretty well. And that's why I really enjoy just this entire arc because I was reading them as they came out. So you see that intention of, you know, they'll tease something. And the best example was when they randomly mentioned War Bunny in Mighty (laughs) Morphin. And you didn't know that story until the next month with Go Go Power Rangers. And I really liked how they staggered those, those mysteries as you're reading it in, as it comes out, but you can go back. Like I think all of us have, or, or will and read it chronologically and get that completely different experience. And personally, I've never read a comic book that had that kind of setup between two series and how they work together like that. So yeah, it really helps that Ryan is is the writer for all of this and he can have the foresight to create those those moments uh in the comic. But I don't want to overshadow the work that Cinna Grace also put in this because I've been keeping up with the boom rooms from Ranger Danger and their interviews with with Ryan and it was very interesting that it seemed like Cinna was doing the majority of the heavy lifting for this part of Go Go Power Rangers. And, you know, obviously Ryan gave him kind of like an outline and he gave Cinna the freedom to just run with it. And he would go back and, and make some corrections. But to have that seem so seamless between the two comics with two different writers, I think that's that's a good accomplishment, too. Yeah, again, I feel like I, I don't know if I said it before, but um, it's really interesting how um, Necessary Evil started at the same time as House House of X and Powers of X, because Hickman was writing both of those books, and they kind of do the same thing. So it was cool mm-hmm. to get that from the X Men side of things, and also Power Rangers. Like when I tell you that summer was amazing, 
in terms of comic books, I loved it so much. And again, um, you know, Hickman did his thing too. But again, I, I yeah. love how Perry was able to to do the same, and even you know with uh, Grace as well. So um, and I, dude, I'm looking at my my collection in in person like right now, and I just want to say it's it's gorgeous. And also too, it's like I I feel a sense of accomplishment. That's mm. something again that we did not get. Like I love the fact that we have more substance for certain characters, mainly. Yes. The, the the stone cannon trio because it's like once i read 50 and i think 50 i read like at least three times because i was just so pleased with just how the three came in they were newbies and you got to see over time over like pretty much the course of a year how they were able to grow and at the end of at the end of 50 like you can say you know what these guys can hold their own and yeah. i think that's one of the main points that necessary evil hits so well because that's something I've I've wanted for a long time, and like I said before, we didn't get that. We didn't get to see them really shine until Zio. But here, I can say these three are solidified, and I love it so much. They earned their place. By the time this episode releases, issue fifty-one will be out. I've already read fifty-one, and are you from the future? Well, no, I got a. Re- I read a review <laughs> copy. <laughs> but Roe, to your point. They develop Stone Canyon Trio, uh, Rocky, Adam, Aisha shine even more in 51. We're getting to see more of their personalities. And I really enjoyed that Ryan said for this aftermath arc, they're slowing things down a bit. And it's easy to get caught up in all these big moments, like with necessary evil, there's like end of the world, end of the universe stuff happening. And, and sometimes it's a little bit harder to focus on some of these smaller character moments and 51 slowed down the pace, but it is still keeping the story going. That's kind of a little tease if people haven't read it yet, but when you take the whole necessary evil, uh, into account, you definitely see that growth of the stone canyons and part of me wishes they were a little bit more involved, but you know, when you have the Omega Rangers kind of transferring Mm -hmm. out, it's understandable, but to see them shine in number 50 and they're the ones that came up with the plan to defeat Dane, they were given the responsibility to grow more on their own, even though Tommy was reluctant to, to leave them behind. That was their moment to shine. And I'm glad to see that continue in, in 51. They're developing even more. And even the design for Adam changed slightly for 51. And I, I know we're talking about these past issues, but, but no, he's, he's kind of got like these hipster glasses and you know, his, his piercings are still there. And I don't know. Like, I, I just love the new artist for, for 51. And so I'm excited for people to like, I want to see what people's reactions are are to that issue, but it may, it makes sense that it'll be slowed down a little bit since they don't have go, go anymore to kind of tell that sort of teen drama stories. So Mm -hmm. if uh, that's, that gives them an opportunity to still play both in one comic. There is definitely some of that in uh, 51. I keep talking about 51, but yeah, there's there's a bit of that. So going back to Go-Go, we got the Tommy getting the white light, and I really appreciate that Ryan took advantage of what the show didn't show us. Like in the show, the, you know, the white light, it's just like Billy looking in a grade and like, oh, what's this glowing white ranger? And we see the moments just before that. And Tommy went through this whole trial 
with Saba. And it wasn't just about him being worthy, but it's about Tommy. If he can do it selflessly sacrificing his life, whether he gets the power or not. That really reminded me of um, season three where he had to get the Zeo crystal from mm-hmm. uh, Lord Zed's palace. I just kept thinking of that the entire time up until like he had to like basically, I guess, purify himself of all the evil he's done. Mm-hmm. It, it was a very nice sequence. And then uh, obviously Lord Zed holding uh, the image of Lord Zed holding uh, the dark version of Saba. Very oh, beautiful. you you mean the SDCC variant from <laughs> three or four years ago? <laughs> I forgot that existed. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> now it's not so special after all. <laughs> oh, they should have had the red recolor of that they released in Japan instead. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Go go Power Rangers! Like when I was rereading this this last chunk of issues. You know, it's it's really unfortunate just how the, the publishing order came out because, you know, we had 27 and 28 come out like two weeks apart in January. Then two weeks later, 29 came out and then there was a month gap for 30 and then a two month gap for 31. And so, I mean, it's pandemic sucks all around, just not for comics. But I was rereading this and I just, you know, we're covering these issues that go, go 26 through 32. I mean, that was like last December up until last month. I mean, that's a six month time span for seven issues. I feel that rereading it, you, you recatch the things that you might've forgot. I'm always an advocate for like, if, if you can go back and, and reread an arc after it closes, it's a new experience because you'll catch things that you missed. Yeah. Agreed. Um, cause even before this, uh, I was just in on the porch and I was, um, just rereading. I was actually re- rereading everything from the top because, um, believe it or not, I think for just comic books in general, I think uh, the COVID thing, like, it kind of killed a lot of the momentum for a bunch of comic books. Because yeah. I remember reading like several, and you know, even you know, outside of Pyramid, there's a lot of them were hitting their peak, and then boom, COVID happened, and then so when you're jumping back into it, it's kind of weird. So that's why for a lot of these, it is, it's definitely necessary. Cause I think even when we're done with this episode, I'm still going to continue to reread necessary evil. Cause mm-hmm. I think it's going to hit twice as hard now that everything is just wrapped up. But man, like that weight for 50, especially was killer. It was, ki- it, oh. it, it was really killer before we move on to, to mighty Morphin, in, in case you guys have other points to talk about, I want to highlight issue 28, which was the Rita repulsa yes. story. It was the standalone. This is where Rita squat, Finster, Babu, Goldar all got to experience alternate lives because you find out that the dumpster they were trapped in for 10,000 years was like a re-education holodeck for each of them essentially. And you find out that Rita had over 4.2 million victims and it would have taken 26,000 years to essentially like re educate her. And that was their punishment. It's like groundhog day. Right. (laughs) They have to get it completely right before they're released. (laughs) Yeah. And to, to live each of their victims lives is crazy 
I want to highlight that issue. What did you guys think about that issue in particular? I loved it. Um, yeah. It's funny that you said it's a re-education yeah. holodeck because while I was reading it, I thought, man, this is like a Star Trek episode, literally. Mm-hmm. How it was presented and written. Ryan out. has written for the Star Trek comics. Before, oh, nice. perfect. perfect. Before Power Rangers, yeah. Yeah, so that that's the kind of got, vibe I got from it. Mm-hmm. I still thought it was a very nice uh, one-off issue that they did. Uh, it's just the presentation of it was great because yeah. you wonder what they were doing in the the dumpster all that time now we've got that answer it's nicer than just imagining them just in solitary confinement for like ten thousand years like at least <laughs> right. it was an attempt and it makes <laughs> makes zordon feel a little bit less sadistic well, by yeah it makes trapping some, them in that makes zordon just, less of like this evil mentor on the right. side right you know it's like they're both evil it's just his brand of evil is a little less evil that's why he's the good guy this at least gives him like a more human and a more humanity type feeling to him so i, I think it's definitely it was a great issue i loved it this entire time i thought before this issue the entire time they were all in the dumpster i thought they were just partying and stuff <laughs> well so isn't it in uh jew ranger where yeah, jew ranger they're, they're all just like in a room hanging out and it was always like, Scorpita's my wife. And you're like, all right. <laughs> I really like that issue because when you find out that Rita went through all of this, I think it makes her more menacing as a character because despite like 10,000 years of reliving lives for her to try to receive empathy and try to learn empathy And for 10,000 years, she endured all that, and she went right back to being the same evil self, maybe even more evil (laughs) than when she came in. Yep. It's it's almost (laughs) like they're trying to brainwash her, like conditioning. Like, if they just do it enough times, enough times, they they can force her to be a a good person by just brainwashing her. And she, like you said, after 10,000 years, she's like, nope, sorry, still no, not not doing that. Literally, the first thing she does when she gets out is... She wants to destroy the next planet. <laughs> well, the first After thing she does that. is kill two astronauts. Oh, yeah, that's oh, yeah, right. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. This was by far, like, one of my favorite issues of this whole entire mm-hmm. run. Because, like, for so much of this, we're focused on Zed and, you know, how he's taking control and, you know, Kia dating all of them. And up until 28, you kind of forget that Reed is gone because, you know, Zed came through and, you know, just got her the f*** up out of here. Um, so it's, it's cool to see that Parrot didn't forget about Rita. And mm-hmm. honestly, like, this this issue was particularly special to me because, in a sense, I ain't gonna lie, you know, it, it kind of humanized Rita a little bit, even though she came back and, you know, still did what she did. But um, it's cool to see, you know, her go through those emotions, emotions that you did not see her go through at mm-hmm. all during the TV show. And even during, you know, um, Higgins' run, and, you know, before he left. So it was cool to get a different aspect of Rita. But then again, it's just funny because, you know, when when all said and done, you know, she just came back in this, this career that we know. But again, it was cool. And I love these one-off issues. And I hope that we get more of them because mm-hmm. um, it's important. Yeah. And even the, the Bulk and Skull one as well. Like those yeah. one-off issues that you don't expect and you're just reading it, you kind of think it's going to be mid- but then at the end of it, it's just like, wow, this this slapped. And this 28 definitely slapped. Yeah. And you can do it like it can take place at any point in the timeline. And it's like, OK, this is we're just taking a little detour and that's fine, uh, which kind of opens up a lot of the possibilities. So if they have any characters that mm-hmm. haven't really gotten a big spotlight that 
you know, aren't necessarily going to fit into any of the storylines that they're going to be telling forward, you can still, you know, it's like, let's do just like a random Rito Revolto side story, even if we <laughs> never get to him in the comic. Like, why not for one issue? Like, no one's going to complain about that if it's if it's a fun little side story. Those are the issues from uh, Ryan's run of, of Go-Go and even Kyle's run. Like, we got that, that issue that focused on Zach. We got that issue that focused on Billy. And mm-hmm. then we got the Bulk and Skull and, and Rita. And it's just a nice way to give more context to these characters. And even it was mainly a Rita issue, this issue, we still got, like, how Babu, Finster, Squad, and Goldar deal with all this. And I love that they threw Silverback mm. from the annual. Yeah. They brought him all the way back. Mm-hmm. That was a good story. That's a sidetrack. Oh, yeah. And it's so cool because not only are they pulling from the TV show, but now you have four years of stories from the comics that you're pulling from, too. It's just this continuous building of the universe that I really like the comics for that reason. It's giving us more context for the TV show. And I know a lot of people debate on the canonicity of the comics and all that stuff. Who cares? (laughs) Who cares? And it's like, I don't care. Like we're getting more information and more context than the show ever gave us. It's filling in those little gaps. And personally, I love the comics for that reason, because they're making me like the MMPR team. Like I grew up on MMPR. Obviously I'm going to have nostalgia for them, but you know, the TV show, we didn't get to dive into their personalities and their personal lives. Like the comics are showing us. I would love if boom wanted to do at some point, like another title, but didn't want to commit to another ongoing narrative for it. Just like an anthology title where it would just be a different writer and different artist, like every issue or every couple of issues, just picking out a random character or from a random point in Power Ranger history and just doing a little story with them. Kind of like mm. what they've done with the annuals, but instead right. of like short stories, like a full issue or even like a full little arc of just it, get as granular, granular as you want. Do like an Ernie story or something. Mm, uh, yes, but like right. from any point in the timeline, just like a day in the life of blank uh, would be so fun to see. I want to see Ernie in business school learning how to open a juice bar <laughs> slash gymnasium. And then another Ernie stealing his idea, Super Megaforce. Oh my gosh. I, now, to be fair, he just used the Ernie Ranger key to change into past Ernie, and then he opened up a brilliant... <laughs> I'd love to see a Phantom Ranger story be done. To your point, Eric, I was just going to say, like, I agree with the fleshing out the little things. Like, honestly, if you just think about them taking the three actors walking off the show and retconning that into an actual story plot is genius. Like, when they did that, was it Power Rangers Forever, where they it looked like Go-Go was going to end because it ran straight up until the first right. scene of Green with Evil, and that's where it was supposed to originally end. And I thought, okay, that's perfect. And then when it started up again, I was like, oh, that okay, well, you wrapped it up so perfectly, I was worried. Because, you know, sometimes when things end perfectly and then they get yep. extra time, they maybe shouldn't have, and we'll see what happens. But it was such a great idea, and obviously it bleeds into MMPR as well, but to just take something like that where these three characters leave, 
We know yeah. why they did, you know, in the original back in the day, because it was the actors, not the characters, and they had to scramble. But to take that and now rework it into something that turned out to be awesome. I just thought that was such a stroke of genius. And I'm so glad that GoGo continued to accomplish that because that's just, it's just really neat. Like, I think that was just such a smart thing to do. And and now if they want to end, I, you know, that's fine. And, and I think it'll make sense. But like, I was almost sad they came back. And I know that sounds dumb. But then I was really glad they did come back after I saw what they gave us. Like, it was just yeah. it was great. Yeah, and they turn like all the awkward transition period of the show mm-hmm. in episodes that are not really very good, and actually turn them into like emotional, <laughs> emotional uh, decisions, and like they'll even they'll even reference like the scuba trip, which is yep. like yes. one of those ridiculous yep. things that is turned into like an actual emotional conflict. For yeah, the all characters. the stock footage. Like I can't remember. Did they ever go back and draw Tommy in a green tank top? Because that would have been aces for me. I have to go back and look. Because <laughs> whenever they would reuse all that old stock footage of like just Trini smiling, and then it's like, hey, Tommy, why are you suddenly wearing green again? Oh, no explanation. All right, fine. <laughs> no, it was funny because I was reading these go-go issues, and when the scuba trip happened, we get that scene in the comics where Kimberly is going shopping with Billy and Tommy to refill Tommy's wardrobe with white. Yes. But they're having a conversation about, well, why didn't they tell us about this scuba trip? And, and Billy's like, well, sometimes friends drift apart. And I was like, oh my God, they turned this stupid stock footage story point into that emotional type beat. Ryan took this awkward transition behind the scenes of the show and turned it into something that respected the characters and the actors and turn them into a whole nother team of Rangers that are kicking ass. Yeah. You take something awkward and make it into good storytelling. That's obviously the hallmark of a good writer when it's literally the definition of taking lemons and making lemonade. Like, do you know what I mean? Like you take something that obviously you had nothing to do with and obviously happened way, you know, 20 plus years ago and you can take it and rework it into something meaningful. It's just amazing. Yeah, and I was gonna I was gonna add this one. This is just other thing also because I know you mentioned it about the canon with the comic books and uh, the TV show. Um, I can't remember, but I do remember um, Barrett saying, you know, he considers it being canon to the TV show. And um, yeah. as for the people who you know kind of debate whether it's legit or not, like there's certain key issues here that you can use to fill in certain parts of the story, like. It, like yep. let's just take this Rita issue for example. That's kind of just out there in the timeline. But if you want more context to Rita as to why she acts the way she does in the TV show, use that issue. If you want to know what happened with Tommy, like what was he doing? How did he get the White Ranger powers? You take that one. You take that one issue. What they were doing with White Light, and you insert it there. So in a sense, yes, it, it doesn't really line up. But I think Pear did it in a way so that you can take little parts of it and add it to the legacy of the TV show. I don't know if that makes sense, but I think that's another part of his genius as well. That's the great thing about all this media. It's like you can choose to make that part of your own personal canon if you want to. If you don't agree with some of the things the comics does, you don't have to consider it as part of the story. You can stay with the TV. If you want to do the opposite and consider these as just as canon as the show, you can do it and it's providing answers. And I I don't know about you guys, but it's like I can almost picture 
the comic like happening with the actors. Like you can imagine Mm -hmm. like in 1993, uh, Jason or Trini morphing into the, like you can, Mm -hmm. you can like almost picture it in your mind. And it takes a show that had a wild production history and makes it more sensible in terms of something that you can digest from a story point of view. And all of a sudden it's like, Oh man, things are making sense. I just think, you know, we, we all hated the overdubbed fake voices <laughs> and the shots, seeing them from behind. Well, I love that. It is fun to watch and like pick apart. Oh, it is. It is oh, definitely you, fun to watch. My rewatch I did like a couple months ago at this point, or maybe it was even last year. I don't even remember. Like some of the voiceover for Trini is like terribly racist. Like, oh my God. Yeah. Like yeah. go back and listen to yeah. some of that. Like Jason's is like, eh, okay, maybe he could pass. Zach's is pretty bad. And then Trini's is just like, wow. It's, it's definitely a white person. Doing yeah. That voice. It's not like, 100%. Good. It is not good. I just remember as a kid, I didn't realize all these things. Uh, obviously, we didn't realize all of this. Sure. And then I did a rewatch of, of, of that season, um, you know, probably less than a year ago. And I was like, this is so freaking terrible. <laughs> like, you can see those glaring like production and, and it's totally obvious where, you know, when I was a kid, maybe I was a little bit more oblivious to those scenes. Like they're kind of off camera. What's going on? <laughs> I only noticed it in the, what was it? The pipe brain episode where he had, he had to go to the dark dimension to save uh, the Rangers from being green oh, right, candled. Right. Yeah. It's all the all the the canon conversations for the comics are so silly because how mm. Rangers the show has had their continuity and timelines have been like a cluster f- since the beginning anyway. So like if that's a thing that you are paying that hard of attention to, like and are picking apart that much, you might be watching the wrong. Thing. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> at least they they got the whole power transfer debacle, you know, finally figured out. So yay. <laughs> well, hey, we we should definitely. Let make sure that, and I'm sure you guys have, so apologies. I, I had a little issue to take care of. I just kind of got back to, to being here, so I, I did miss... Um, it's quite the issue. It was quite the issue. Still, still kind of getting over it, to be completely honest with you, but uh, both uh, Kyle Higgins before him and Ryan Parrott have done, uh, and, and Cena have done a, a, a fantastic job, kind of like course-correcting, continuity or mm-hmm. uh, Giggs are talking about canon things in the show, whether it was like, oh, well, how did Jason get back his, uh, his Morpher in Forever Red? Well, they gave it to us in uh, the annual, you know, back during Shattered Grid. I hope everyone remembers that story. You know, oh, yeah. Or, you know, and, and stuff like the, what happened at the Power Tracer, like you guys are talking about the, the scuba trip, the random freaking scuba trip from Mighty Morphin Power Rangers that made zero sense at the time. It's like, we're going on the scuba trip. Everything's been given context. Everything feels fixed. Mm-hmm. And if you're a fan of the show and you watch the show and, and, and you're one of us, you're one of these super fans that pay way too much attention to detail on things, uh, it's very rewarding to to read these comics and be like, hey, they know my OCD was in overdrive and they fixed that little issue. So I, I do appreciate that. Yeah. And to round out the GoGo Power Rangers discussion, um, the last uh, few issues, 30, 31, 32... 30 was the one that was like the right before the two month hiatus that we got because of the pandemic. But the way issue 30 even ended where the, the dumpster monsters were attacking Promethea and, you know, we see the return of grace Sterling. We see uh, the return of the Mechazord 
And the ending of 30, the cliffhanger, was Goldar, Babu, Squat, Finster discovering the green psycho dagger. And to bring it all the way back from Shattered Grid, from Beyond the Grid, we knew Grace Sterling had it, that powered Promethea, but now we're seeing that as another plot device. And she exploded it. And you're, th- you're thinking, what what just happened? And then you get that little mention from Billy, like in, in the next one or two issues, like, eh, yeah, destroyed. Yeah, sure. And that was really cool. What I particularly liked about, it was either 30 or 30, I think it was 31. 30 ended on, on that cliffhanger and 31 did something unique with the story where like it was Trini and Kimberly, like they were telling the story of what happened from the ending of, of issue 30. The way that they structured that particular issue, I really enjoyed issue 31 because it was like, what happened during that time? So you get the rest of that story while Kimberly and Trini are talking, Billy and Zach are talking, and then it all kind of comes back together. So I, I really liked how 31, uh, how it resolved the, the past issue. I, I just thought that was unique to like, instead of going straight back from 30 to what happens in 31, they kind of broke the story up to where you get you get the context of the rest of the story through the Rangers just talking with each other. Definitely. Now, speaking of that, Mega Tigers, well, that, that was fresh. Oh, oh yeah. Y'all, that was fresh. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, to piggyback off of what you said, um, yeah, the, the Psycho Dagger, that was when I started feeling like, okay, you know, I, I think Parrot was really listening to our last couple episodes because I'm starting <laughs> to see everything come full circle. And I like it. And, you know, as we know, we're probably going to touch on it later on with um, Mighty Morphin. Um, but, yeah, I, I enjoyed that because it's like I think we, I, I think it was the same group of us. Like we wanted we, we wanted closure. Like we wanted mm-hmm. this. We want to be on the grid to not feel like, you know, a, a waste of time. And once we started seeing those little seeds, it was like, OK, all right. All right. So now it's just a matter of us getting to 50 to see it all come together which was enjoyable and um another thing i wanted to mention too is i I think was kind of overlooked is you know jason's story in particular because yeah what i noticed especially in gogo just like he's this whole entire thing is just tearing him apart not only does he have to worry about the timeline possibly collapsing he has to worry about you know leaving his team getting a replacement and also he's still dealing with his dad also so, like, yeah. if you didn't think Jason, for whatever reason, wasn't a great leader before, these these last couple of issues of Gogo especially just really put into perspective, like, how much he had to go through. Like, this, how much this whole entire decision, the decisions that he made, it wasn't easy for him. And, like, you're literally just, you're watching the deterioration of a character, but also the growth of a character at the same time. And I think that's super important to highlight. Absolutely. And these last two issues of Gogo, it just makes their conflict. When Tommy found out that Jason was the red, God, Chris, <laughs> when it makes that moment hit even harder 
in Mighty Morphin when that conflict between Tommy and Jason comes to a head because, you know, Tommy's mad at Jason for leaving, but Jason's like, you don't even know all the crap I had to deal with and how hard that was for me. And Jason's almost like to Tommy, quit being selfish that, okay, I left and you were stuck with the team. Look at everything that I had to go through. And it, reading these last two issues just made that moment in mighty Morphin hit even harder. Spoiler. It doesn't end at the end of 50 either. Right. <laughs> it doesn't. There's a line in 51. Yeah. Re- that references back, which is, you know, that's something we'll talk about six months from now or seven months from oh, now. No, <laughs> maybe a year from now if the whole COVID thing comes back down. We'll talk about it then. But no, I, I think that's, what's great is, I love that like back and forth between Tommy and Jason because mm-hmm. you always sense that there was some sort of like okay so what's the best way to put it? like so you could you can see that hey a total sorry it's I'm like high not really high but like there's an odor in this room and it's really getting to me um, but <laughs> there is you can tell for a kids show that there was tension that they could have touched on between those two characters if they wanted to they didn't because it's a kids show um, right. we've been fortunate enough to see it actually play out in real life. Uh, but now we're actually also getting it in the comic books, which is great. And knowing Ryan, I wouldn't be surprised if he was able to tie into some either comment or some line that we didn't even think about in some crossover episode um, at some point in the franchise's history. Um, and mm-hmm. that's what's great about it. But yeah, no, I love seeing uh, Tommy and Jason not get along because uh, it just reminds me of, you know, normal. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to move on to the closeout of Necessary Evil by switching to Mighty Morphin. But before that, any other final points on Go-Go Power Rangers ending? I guess I'm glad it ended where it had to end. Uh, I'd love Mm. to see it go into Season 3 territory, but we're probably obviously we're not going to see that happen because I would have loved to see them, you know, characterize Cat more when they get to that eventual point or maybe even the Alien Rangers. That's pretty much it. (laughs) <laughs> it was it was think, overall a solid uh, series though. Yeah, so I think I think GoGo Power Rangers was the series that if you slept on it because it wasn't, you know, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. It wasn't the big book that was getting pushed. Um and let's be fair, there was a lot going on in Mighty Morphin when GoGo first started. Uh, with the mm-hmm. whole Shattered Grid lead up and stuff like that. But man, if you slept on GoGo Power Rangers, you missed one hell of a great comic book series. Mm-hmm. Um every single issue, especially those early issues back right before Shattered Grid. Dealing yep. with uh, Matt oh, yeah. and that, that whole storyline, like, and some of the, the lines and just the way the characters acted it with Dan Moore's artwork on top of that, like, oh my gosh, like, some of those are my favorite comic book, like, issues in, in comic book history, not just uh, Power Ranger comic books. Um, you know, if, if you get an opportunity, go back and, and really reread it. And like we've talked about before in this entire podcast, you know, make it a point to after the end of uh, a Shattered Grid and the start of this current arc, uh, however many issues it was, read those books first all the way to the end and then read Necessary Evil and Mighty Morphin from the beginning all the way to the end because you'll develop such an even deeper appreciation for those books uh, and everything that those creative teams put together for you. I also wanted to add one more thing. Shout out to uh, Daniele Di Nicolo. I think that's how oh, you say man. his name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Amazing artwork throughout um, Necessary Evil. Absolutely. And also, another personal shout out to him for me because he, <laughs> during that time, he was doing. Um, that was incredible. Your your picture. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> shout out to him for um, taking up a commission of mine while he was doing that too. On at the same time, so. 
Yeah. Well, on on the Go Go side, I I just want to shout out because the artist for the Necessary Evil for Go Go was Francesco Mortorino. And I loved his style too. It felt to me like a little bit more anime mm-hmm. um, in a way, yeah, yeah. but I appreciated his style as well. And, and his take on the Omega Rangers too. Yeah. Um, in regards to um, Motorino, what I like here is just like, I feel like when it came to Mighty Morphin, you know, Mighty Morphin was obviously more, you know, the, the serious, more grittier um, story of the two. And whereas Gogo is kind of just more of like the teen drama. So his artwork kind of fit more to that. Like, of course he had the action sequences too, but like just for the overall tone of that part of Necessary Evil, like I think he was the right artist. And also huge shout out to him because like, he snuck some Cowboy Bebop characters in there yes! in one issue. And I, yes. I, I was like, am right. I the only one that notices this? <laughs> Wait, what? But, yeah, he snuck, okay. some, he snuck Vincent from Cowboy Bebop. He snuck yep. in, um, I think it was... It was in one of these issues. I think it was when... Hold on. The Death uh, of Movies. Yes, it was issue 30. So oh, after Kim, Billy, and Tommy were in the mall, there's a shot of them right before the monster appears that they fight in that issue. And they're in the movie theater when they get the do 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 And the people that are in the movie theater, it's like Spike Spiegel, it's Jet yep. from Cowboy oh, Bebop. Wow. Oh, I got to go back and look. I was like, holy so yeah he he was able to sneak in like these little easter eggs with with other anime characters and i just as soon as i saw that panel i'm like holy crap that is jet from bebop and spike (laughs) it was perfect so uh cowboy bebop power rangers crossover soon Uh... (laughs) (laughs) we're gonna move on to power rangers 46 through 50 and so 46 deals with the aftermath of the issue 45 where Kia killed the blue emissary. So we see uh, Z's reaction to the blue emissary. And there is even some uh, emotion from Z, who's this, you know, sentient robot. But he's like, there's a panel where he's like holding the the you know broken up corpse of of the blue emissary and i mean that was just crazy and as crazy and as enigmatic as you know the blue emissary was we've been with him throughout this entire arc and how 45 like 45 and i know we talked about that last time but how 45 and you see it because of what happened in 50 45 was the quote from Z that final prediction where, you know, the, um, the earth rises while the water falls, the gate opens and it literally predicts everything that happens in these last issues. And I just thought that that was brilliant. So we see, you know, that continuation in, in this arc. And, uh, I, I really appreciated that. I think 46 was, I think that was like the, the game changer mm-hmm. because I think for the, for the longest time we were waiting to see when the Omega Rangers would meet with the original Rangers and boy, like what I've been anticipating you know, these issues for so long, but 46 was where I was stressed. 
I was like, yeah. oh God, uh, both teams have met. Uh, technically, they're not supposed to be meeting. What's going to happen? And for me, this is where the drama cranked up to the max because I knew it was going to go down because I knew there was going to be a bunch of problems leading, you know, after that. And um, yeah, man, th- this was the turning point for me. And also what I like too is that um, we're starting to see Goldar, you know, kind of take more of a charge because yes. at this point, you know, we they, they got the Z stats. So, and I was remembering from a couple issues before in GoGo where Zed for the good chunk of the first half of Necessary Evil was just crapping on, you know, the minions. So I, it was, I think then, you know, once they got the Z stat, it was time for them. Like, you know what? Zed's not here. Okay, cool. Let's show them what we got. And I'm not going to lie. I was, I was a little impressed too. Um, so that, yeah, that was another great issue in terms of, you know, what it did for the story and those characters as well. Yeah. And, and 46 was, we see Kia, the fight between Kia and Jason and she just absolutely whomps him. That was like painful. That was like a whole, that was a whole issue just dedicated to one of those Daniele, like, you know, Kia smackdowns. And you completely felt that, that punch and he is on the ground bleeding and the fight with the Omegas and Garrison an unmorphed Kia. Kia was unmorphed for that entire fight. And she's still taking on the Omega Rangers without her power. They had to retreat to earth. And that, that last shot. And even before that last panel, there's that moment where Tommy questions Zordon. And he's like, we just want to make sure that you actually need us now that there's other Rangers out there. And I felt that not only was a turning point for the Omega Rangers, but also the Mighty Morphin, because where Jason is, you know, dealing with all of these issues um, throughout this entire arc, Tommy is still trying to figure out what it means to be a leader and to have his leadership questioned because now there's a whole nother team that are taking care of business. It really even gives Tommy a lot of depth. I don't know if anyone wanted to add to that. <laughs> I was waiting for somebody else to act. Just everyone, just dead silence. We were just in all of your words, Eric. That's what it was. Oh, thank you. Yeah. But no, I agree with you. Absolutely. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, these are books have always been really good about fleshing out every character through these familiar situations that are then become unfamiliar by by throwing in the different angles on them. So yeah, mm-hmm. good as it has been. This is a little off topic, but can we talk about uh, in the last issue when she makes the joke about? You know, stop saying my name while yes. you're fighting. It's very. Oh my very, god! I just died because honestly, I feel like we've all made that joke. We're like, her name is Kia. Sounds like something Tommy would shout out while he's kicking someone, and then she's like, "See, tree me." That's like one of those things where I, I want to know: was she named that specifically for that joke? And we were just playing like the, the long game, <laughs> the long game until the last issue to get there. Or was that something that came out organically? Because either way, it's awesome. I would like to think he heard our previous episode where we made that joke and then worked it in. That's what I'm going to pretend. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's so great because that whole fight is just really intense. I love the showdown between Trini and Kia. And the fact that they kind of go back to what the show always does while there's like, Hey, insert joke in middle of serious fight. That is so Power Rangers. And T 
to even work that it's a bit of levity in like a really serious situation. And I, I always love when Power Rangers does that. Like super serious fight, uh, joke about monster name. It's it's great. Yeah, well, isn't it? Is it in one of the last issues of GoGo where the three new guys are doing that and they yell at them and they're like, "Well, you guys yes. always make jokes," and they're like, "Look, when you've been doing this for a while, you can make jokes." Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah that 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 was a that was a great moment. Yeah, I mean, do we just want to talk about the elephant in the room about Draken and this last issue? I will be one hundred percent honest. I did not know who that was supposed to be in that last panel. Me neither. Who's this dude? I, I had an idea of who. Spoiler: it was be. It's Draken. Yeah. Yeah. Now I get it. Obviously, I definitely did have an idea of who it was going to be. I know Chris, mm-hmm. uh, Toku Chris, DM me. We were talking about this over the DMs with the possibility of him, you know, returning. But I didn't think it was going to be in this kind of fashion. <laughs> that was a long time ago. Yeah, that was a very long time ago. That's why I was like, ah, so it all came together. Maybe I, I do have a slight idea, I guess, but I don't want to say anything. I don't know if um my guess I mean, will... I mean, we can speculate <laughs> later. That That's fine. Um, yeah. 49 and 50. Um, 49, I really love that issue because it was the issue like this is the terrible thing this pandemic because 49 released on march 25th and we didn't get 50 until june 24th that's like exactly three months difference and that that finale or, or that that final those final pages in 49 i literally thought trini was going to die Oh, her oh. Megazord was getting being down. She never appears again in the show. So like they could do that. <laughs> That's what I was fearing. That's why 49 was like that cliffhanger. Like Zach was like calling out Trini, Trini. And you just see, I think it was like, she was like being up or, or something like that last, the last couple panels and 49, like set up all these three different fights that were going on at the same time. And so to have that like final panel question about what Trini, what's going to happen to Trini, those three months sucked. I'm like, God, I just, I need 50. And I want to ask you guys, because of the situation that happened with the pandemic and when you finally got to read 50, was that long of a gap? Were you more or less disappointed in the issue because of the difference in time like were you hyping it up for yourself so much that you were a little bit disappointed or did it did it slap just as hard i'll go first real fast um i actually was a little disappointed i think i told you that eric um mm-hmm. I, I felt like maybe the time gap was too much or that i had hyped it up to a certain extent and that time gap kind of ruined that hype a little bit i don't know i don't know the best way to put it like, it was a good issue don't get me wrong like it's an enjoyable issue it's a nice conclusion and, and the cage turn obviously at the very end after reading 49 eric i remember you and i talking about 49 we were like oh snap here we go like this is it man like there's some serious stuff going down and then 50 in a lot of ways just really didn't feel like the same level of epicness that 49 was it's kind of like it toned down or something i don't know uh, maybe I'm just crazy when I'm saying that, but that's that's kind of how I felt. Like I, I was a little, a little disappointed. Is not the right word because I wasn't like, oh man, this was right. a good comic. Because like, it was, it was a great comic. I loved it. 
but maybe my excitement level for it was more diminished than I thought it was going to be. Maybe that's the best way to put it. Mm-hmm. I uh, I had fallen behind anyway, so when I knew that there was going to be a delay, I just was just like, I'm just not going to read what I haven't read yet. And so I was able to just kind of binge all of them after the last one came out. Um, mm. And so I felt like the, like the pacing of it was fine. I think it actually flows into the final issue really well. Um, and I think like the story kind of, I think it works as a finale when you're taking like the last few issues like as a whole rather than just that one issue on its own and that's probably the problem is if you're looking at just that one issue not a lot really happens in it because it's just sort of the conclusion of the fight that's already been ongoing essentially um so i think that i think the timing affecting people's perceptions makes a lot of sense i honestly forgot 49 completely and i should have went back and reread it before i read 50 but i just didn't because i didn't have time and I had to get it done for this episode. <laughs> so I just like, I mean, the other thing is my local comic shop, like still didn't get everything. Cause I, I mean, it's uh, been a couple of weeks at this point, but I called them like two weeks ago and I was like, Hey guys, I just want to kind of check and see what you pulled for me so far. I'm like, do you have this? They're like, no. I'm like, do you have this? No. Oh, what about this? Uh, I don't see it. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> like they were, I think eventually getting stuff. It just was coming in slowly, I guess. I don't know what the deal was, but so it just got to the point where, like, for whatever reason, maybe that was diminishing my excitement because I didn't know when I was going to get it. So yeah. when I finally was able to read 50, like, I just read it. I'm like, oh, that's cool. But I didn't have any expectations because it had been so long, and I just completely forgot everything that <laughs> had come before for the most part. So, but, uh, I mean, there were definitely things about it that I enjoyed. One of the things I, I don't want to gloss over in uh, 48 was the return of Ranger Slayer. Mm-hmm. 48, I loved that issue because he had set that trap for all of the Rangers in that asteroid field with uh, Kavodis, uh, who was, you know, just in, in this spacesuit floating out there. And to see Ranger Slayer come back um, after, you know, Billy contacted her or, or with grace, like he kind of set that up with grace and I know it was like really crazy to have her come back, but do it in a way where they kind of acknowledged beyond the grid. Like, you know, she's been kind of hanging out with grace this whole time. So I, I just, I didn't want to gloss over Ranger Slayer coming back because she did come back in, in 48. One of the things I love to just briefly mention because 48 was the whole showdown between Tommy and Jason, uh, finally. And they were kind of like putting their differences aside, but also 48 brought back jetting, which was also used <laughs> in 50. Yeah. Yeah. I think we kind of knew, especially with that cover, what we were going to get into. So um, again, it was, it was cool to see her come back. And it was also nice because um, even I think at the end of 50, like it was heavily implied that up until since we last saw her and beyond the grid, she didn't return home yet. Yes. So she was just kind of just, you know, just, you know, just yucking around until, you know, she got that call. So that was cool because it's just like I had assumed that at the end of Beyond the Grid, like everyone went back to their respective timelines. So it's kind of cool to see that, I guess, she had the choice to go back, but she didn't. And, you know, thank God that she did because you know, we, we needed her. And also to um, I, I kind of want to touch up on what you said earlier in regards to like the weight. Um, one thing I did notice, especially with like 49, was that maybe it's just me, but I think Daniele turned up the notch a lot 
with 49. I noticed things. Yeah. I, I just kind of, I, yes. I noticed yeah. like there was a, a, a tone shift. And also there, I'm kind of pissed that we didn't gloss over, but there was this double page spread. Yes. Of the Omega Rangers and the Mighty Morphin Morphin. And- Morphing. Ooh. Yeah. God, that was freaking beautiful. That one page spread. I wish I would have that without any of the text bubbles. Just boom. Make that a poster, please. Oh my gosh. Um, but that was amazing too. And I think 49 came out at the time when we didn't, we didn't know what the state of the comic book world was. So I think it was 49 came out. And also too, mind you, I got 49 like two days early because I normally get it on either yeah Wednesday or Thursday, but yeah. I got it two days early and there was a lot of confusion because like I didn't know what was happening with Marvel. I didn't know what was happening with DC. And then you you read 49 and you were expecting, all right, cool, you know, 50s right around the corner. All right. Boom. Yeah, next month, here we go. Boom. And nope. Back to what, what Derek said. If you take like 48, 49, 50 and you read them together. 49 just set up so many amazing like it set up the stakes for what 50 concluded so reading 49 and 50 as a like a as a unit together it's definitely a lot better Mm -hmm. and the pandemic was such a disservice to the pacing of these two issues because i reread 49 and 50 together 49 was an amazing issue because all of the stakes, all of these final um, buildup for these final fights was all coming together. It was all starting to make sense. And then you have to wait three months yeah. for 50. And it, yeah, I, I think it did set up a little disappointment for people when they read 50. But if you go back and you reread this all in one sitting, mm. 49 and 50 are just perfect together yeah 49 is like the climax and then 50 is just sort of like resolving everything and like, yeah it's like having that big of a gap between them it's like you're watching half of an episode and then having to wait three months for the second half of the episode just because they're so so tightly interlinked so like of course it's mm-hmm. not going to come off very well when you have to have that gap between it god 49 like the fight between dane and the white <sighs> ranger like my god it's it's great <laughs> Listen, the Daniele with the chopper, man. Daniele with the chopper. Because, oh, my gosh. He was not playing. Like, no. I, I was listening to um, Parrot's um, interview, the one that um, he did recently on Ranger Command. And, um, mm-hmm. yeah, and he said, you know, he watching Daniele grow was amazing. And just especially when you consider Shattered Grid and then you consider Necessary Evil, just watching him grow as an artist and just yep. seeing him go above and beyond. He left some pretty big shoes to fill for the new artist. And I'm sure the new artist is going gonna, is gonna to do fine. But, man, yeah. again, I'm, I'm just doubling down. Like, Daniele just, he poured his heart and his soul yeah. into these issues, man. And, oh, my gosh. And I love it because even though Shattered Grid was, quote, unquote, like the bigger event because it, it set up so much of what happened afterwards and critically and just, you know, I think shatter grid was just such a impact for the comics community. And, you know, he did a great job there, but necessary evil is a longer, just in terms of epi- or issue count and 
time span, Necessary Evil is bigger content-wise than Shattered Grid, and and Daniele did draw more issues than what he did in in Shattered Grid. And you're right, to see that growth, I am going to miss Daniele a ton. And He's he's just such a great person, like all the interactions I've had with him on Twitter, and he loves Power Rangers, and you can see that in every page that he draws. It's You're right, it's going to be big shoes to fill. Yeah, man. <laughs> Let's just talk about 50, because 50 is, th- this is it. Like, 50 is the big moment, everything happens, it's the resolution to everything, so what are your guys' thoughts just on, here we are, this is the finale, a lot of things happen, w- what do you guys want to talk about? Because <laughs> there's a lot, like, we get another Tiger-Zord combination. Dude. I was just about to talk about this. It's so pretty. <laughs> it's so pretty. Can I get a figure or a mini plot or something of that? Please. Like, yeah. Yes. So I'm not a fan of the Omega-Zords. Not too on much. On their own? Yeah, on their own. But the fact that they were able to form an armor on the Tiger Zord and it was red, I, I don't know what else to say. It's just... It's <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I'm not really a huge fan of the robots just walking around either. They look like Zeta Project or something to me. I don't know what it is, but... Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> They're not bad, but I agree. Like, when you put it together with the White Tiger Zord, like, that's just fire. That's so good. <laughs> I want like a, they should do like a figure line from this comic where it's just like Gravezord, this, and then yes. like that Tiger Zord yeah. with the um, Mecha Zord that we saw at the end of Gogo. Personally, I like the Omega Zords. I like it because when you think about it, like these are ancient powers, and you know we learn that they're based on past alien races and uh, the more humanoid. Um, but what Ryan said in, in the interview with him that we did for Ranger Command, like the fact that these are almost like prototype ancient Zords and because they're the way that they're designed, it's all like cables and like wrapped metal. And then you see their capability. They're literally able to morph into other configurations for different Zords. And this issue completely made me love the the Omega Zords because of the possibilities of the type of combinations that they could do in the future. Agreed. Like do you think we'll I see them again? Oh, absolutely. I definitely yeah. think so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean whatever crazy stuff they want to come up with, like the new Zord combinations are always fun. I would like to see the Omega Zords form armor pieces for the Shogun Zords because those are my all-time favorite Zords. (laughs) If we ever get to Season 3 territory, hopefully. But yeah, (laughs) I'd love to see that. Or even if they use those... um, What are those, like, battleizers? The the, ones that don't transform? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because they would be very easy to put armor on. They're basically barren. There's a lot of possibilities. But, um, so... In this issue, we do have um, the Solar Rangers come back, uh, Ari and Remy. And it's the Solarix that is used to pretty much just solve the problem that they have with the Empowered. I really like that they were able to bring back, especially for this ending, they were able to bring back elements from the entire run of the comic book. no matter how big or small these uh, cameos were, 
for an issue 50, you, when you hit such a big milestone, there's this expectation that, you know, you need to do something big and huge and, and unique and represent all that's, that's come before. And, you know, some comics just kind of treat it as like, no, nope, this is just issue 50, whatever. And others are like, no, this is the big event. And I think they were able to balance that enough with yeah, this issue. I think cause they, they set, I think they set everything up well enough that it all made sense to have those elements kind of coalesce in the end. Like it didn't feel mm-hmm. like they were just trying to throw in references for reference and sake right at the very end. Like it was all stuff that, that it made sense for it to be there when it was. And they still left amp. Like the majority of the time needed to be spent on the current cast. Cause that's what this storyline mm-hmm. is about. So every, I think, I think they balanced it out as well as they could have. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's funny. Like the Solarix seems like such an obvious solution and such an easy, like, it's almost like, it seems like a cop out, but it's not like, do you know what I mean? Like when I first read yeah. it, I was like, Oh, that's duh. It's so easy. Just, Oh, yeah. just steal their powers. But then I was like, but they don't know that that exists. Like Ranger Slayer right. is the only one that knows it exists. That's why she went to find it. So, cause you, yes. immediately you want to ask yourself, well, why don't you just do that a while ago? Like, why don't you do that from the beginning? Cause you, they didn't know about it. Like, you know about it, but you forget what characters know and who doesn't know. So when they showed up, I mean, obviously I would have liked to see them hang out for a little bit longer. They literally came and were like, bam, got your powers, jump back in the portal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I thought it was a good solution and an easy solution. Like when you need it to end quickly, this is a good way to do that without, like I said, it did feel a little cheap at first, but then when I thought about it more, I'm like, no, it really was good because it's, you needed to resolve it fast. And this was a way that you could, but it didn't feel super cheap. It just felt like, Oh, this was a great resource. You didn't know you even had, but you were able to reach out to the one person who did know about it. And yes. that way she could bring it in. So it's not as cheap as it originally felt. And it, I thought it was a good way to finish it quick while, like you said, also referencing, like like taking the few good things out of that nine issue wasteland and kind of like okay. you know, like 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. like plucking the flowers out of the weed garden is what I'm trying to say. So like it makes sense and I just thought it was well done and like you said also ties in all fifty issues. It, like because you don't want to just have this one area that's completely underrepresented. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, not that there's a lot to pull from it, but it was good. I, I liked it. <laughs> and i just i i like the throwaway comment that it was either ari or remy and they're like yeah you should definitely check out like our new team of rangers and i'm like no no wait i i, I want to check out your new Coming team like come back series near you <laughs> right i would love to see them team up with uh the zeo rangers somewhere down the line oh the yeah rangers mm-hmm. yeah but who I knows if we ever get there having different teams out there like you know, you have Omega's over here and you have Solar's over here and then you have the main team. And then whenever you want to have a big event, you can have all these teams show up and do something all together because you just know that they're out there. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, that's always been like a thing that we know in the universe, but we're so rarely yes. shown it. It's sort of like, Oh, you know, you got the, uh, the, the Aquatar Rangers. So, you know, we've got alien Rangers covered, but it's like, no, there's a universe is big. There's gotta be tons of Ranger teams. Right. Out there, right? It always yeah. makes me think of countdown at the end of in space, because in the very beginning of that, it was like, Oh, on this planet, you know, uh, Zeo gold is battling someone. And then over on this planet, yeah. Um, uh, you know, yeah. Blue Centurion and uh, Phantom are battling someone. And it's just so neat to think that you just have these soldiers, you know, out in different quadrants of the universe, but you're all part of, like, one cohesive group. Do you know what I mean? And that's what they could start yeah. to do here. We have all these, like, teams covering different sectors, but 
It's just neat to, to yeah. build that universe. That's what Ryan said in our interview. He's like, now we have this universe of characters. We've got the Omegas. We've got the Solar Rangers. We've got Mighty Morphin. We've got other teams that are out there. We now have, out of 50 issues of Mighty Morphin and 32, there's like 80-something issues of Power Ranger comics now, and or more than that because of the annuals and everything. Right. But we have the superhero universe now we we have the multiverse of teams we have these places where now everything has been established they can pop in and out whenever when the story requires it right and now we have that bigger universe because it's crazy when you're watching mighty morphin and you know they team up with mass rider they go to edenoi they go to this power transfer planet that was devastated mighty morphin was was crazy even in the tv show they set up that there's alien planets in the movie they go to thedos the tv show like set up these things that they never could really expand upon afterwards until zeo in mm. space and the TV show that Zordon era was such a buildup of over the years. And now we're at that point in the comics too, where out of 80 something, 90 something issues that have been released. Now we have that same type of level of universe that we do from the TV show. Mm -hmm. They could go anywhere now. Yeah. And they could drop the questions in anytime they want. That would be another team that they would be able to, drop in and not really have to explain too much. Cause you could just be like, yeah, they were on this planet and run them in. So yeah, it's like, we're getting exactly, like an MCU situation. It's fun. <laughs> this is exactly what I had hoped for, um, for the comics ever since, you know, the first few issues of the MPR comic dropped, you know, four years ago, I was hoping yeah. it would get to this point. I'm glad it's finally here because it doesn't have to rely on a lot of, I don't want to say that it has to rely on everything that's going on in the TV show or what did, but it's still making right. its new universe being its own thing. And think about this. This issue 50, Dane is still out there. Yeah. yeah. I was just about to get to that. Yeah. Garrison and Kia are still locked up in a bottle. They're not dead. <laughs> <laughs> like these characters are out there. And oh, just everything with Dane. I know I know some people feel like he got kind of shafted in this, and I, I think back. he's a great character, but he can come back and he can come back with a different plan. And I even like that tension between him and, and Zed, like yep. Dane was like, look, I freed you. Our contract's done. I don't owe you anything else. Never call me again. Yeah. But he's still, he's still flying out there somewhere. Right. I don't, I don't understand thinking that he got the shaft because he's like probably one of the smartest villains by like being like, okay, I recognize that this is too much for me. I'm getting the hell out of Dodge right he's now. Like, Peace I'm, out guys. I'm done. Yeah. Like that's, <laughs> that's really a smart thing to do. I think that's what makes him kind of cool because he doesn't have any emotional investment in any of this stuff. So that makes him way more dangerous, but also like make smarter moves, like leaving when it's too big and not just getting mad about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Maybe he might uh, show up with true beans next time. Oh, oh god that's that's oh. thinking too far ahead but um, <laughs> who knows maybe we, we might get a little taste of uh emperor grum's forces beforehand see that's that's the kind of ideas that are so crazy because you know like ryan said the power rangers universe like all this stuff is happening and you still have like teams and and stuff out there and now the comics can do this thing where 
maybe we see early development of light speed tech because mm. now earth yes. is aware that all this stuff is out there. You could have grace just, eventually could... build it. Yeah. We, could, we have Terra yeah. Venture in the water right now. <laughs> exactly. And so all these seeds are, are set and, despite you know how we may feel about 50 and and the ending it just kind of it just opens everything up from this point forward and we're getting that taste of it because apparently power ranger this version of mmpr is going to end on issue 55 and then we're getting two more ongoing series with new number ones Oh, it's and 70 variant covers of number one. Oh no. I, <laughs> see, see, I'm drawing a line. I'm like, after, after when they do the new reboot, like I'll probably just collect anything that Ghani, uh, does, but I can't deal with some of these variants anymore. I, I have a ton of variants and I've spent way too much money on some of these, but, uh, yeah. yeah. I, um, I was going to piggyback off 50. Um, what I like here about 52 is it's kind of, in a sense, it's kind of like a reset, you know, in a way, Yes. which is something that I like too. Cause it's like, you know, Zed is finally back in the play. I'm not going to lie. I forgot about Zed with everything else that was happening. So it's good to see that he's back in the play. And then, you know, there's supposedly, you know, the force that's coming, we know the, the dark Rangers are coming as well. It did wrap up that story, but it it just opens up for something else. Because then, and I read again. I, I keep referring to the interview that you did with Parrot. You know, mm-hmm. like there was a reason why it said you know to be continued instead of end. And I think that's mm-hmm. super important to to know as well. So it's like these stories, whether we're doing necessary evil, I can assume we're probably going to see something related to necessary evil pop up, whether it's in fifty five or in the brand new number ones that we're getting. So um, I, again, I think that's super cool. And um, the beyond the grid stuff, like I ain't going to lie. I was speculating ever since you put out your review of, I think it was 48. I was like, how yeah. are they going to do this? How, how are they going to do this? Like we barely remember what that story was about. How in the hell is Perry going to make that work? And then back to the interview, it was like, oh, wait, we have a MacGuffin that can just suck up morphine energy. Okay, cool. Let's just use that. I was like, oh, that was pretty simple. And <laughs> we'll do it. so again, it, it's cool to see all that stuff wrap up. And I don't know, just right now, it's it's open season. Like we have mm-hmm. again 90, 90 issues, you know, 80, 90 issues of Power Rangers. Now it's it's truly open season. And yes, we're stuck in Mighty Morphin, but to see how just Mighty Morphin was able to branch out and do these wild crazy cool things it's man i have i literally have so much hope for what's to come next with these comics like i'm Mm -hmm. i'm pleased is not even the word i can use right now just to describe my enthusiasm i'm hopeful i really hope that hasbro keeps boom studios as a licensor or as a licensee past whatever contract they have expiring next year And I'm really hopeful because you don't just start a new, like two new ongoings and then cancel them a year later. At least I hope they don't do that. (laughs) I mean, they certainly can, but like they can. Uh, Oh, they can. (laughs) I just, I don't want them to, but, but no, I I think when this whole aftermath arc, that's, that's going to happen these next five issues before they do whatever. And Hey, 
they just announced in a couple weeks we're going to have a, a San Diego Comic Con panel at home hosted by Aaron Cahill, and it's going to have Steve Cardenas, and they're going to talk about the future of Power Ranger comics. So oh, the next two awesome. weeks, yeah, that was just announced like a couple days ago. No wonder why he's been asking questions on the timeline on Twitter lately. I guess it oh, all makes sense Steve now. Steve Cardenas. Yeah. Oh, well, he's got like this new podcast thing he's oh, doing he does? too. So, oh, okay. Yeah. Never mind then. <laughs> also, why wasn't that in the news segment, Eric? Because I forgot. That common <laughs> 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 Rider, man. That common Rider. Look, this week has just been nuts with Common Rider, and I've been I've been focused on that. That's fine. That's acceptable. I found out about the panel like two days after they like Aaron Cahill announced it. So yeah, but I think it's like July twenty fourth or something, and um, yeah, it's going to be a virtual panel from San Diego Comic Con, and. Uh, they're going to have Ryan Parrott and, you know, all the managing editors at Boom and Steve Cardenas as a special guest. Yeah, they're going to be announcing some stuff. So hopefully we'll get more answers about, you know, the future of, of Aftermath and, you know, what this new split is because all that stuff kind of leaked on on Amazon. So, <laughs> yeah. oh, um, I do want to bring up another point, too. It's like sure. Hasbro should really look at the success of 50 as... They, they should really take that into consideration when yep. it comes to, you know, their contract. I don't know how long that contract runs. I'm not going to speculate, but when we, we did a little bit of speculating. It's September 2021 that their contract ends okay. currently. So um, when you're thinking about Shattered Grid and how much of a success that was, but I think we can all agree that a lot of a lot of that was attributed to, you know, the feature of other Rangers. Like every whatever Ranger that you loved growing up, whether you're a casual or not, they were in Shattered Grid, and I'm sure that was one of the reasons why it was such a success. But to see 50 without the presence of, you know, a bunch of other Rangers and to see it get a second printing, I think that's that's a huge highlight as well. So I, mm-hmm. I really hope Hasbro is paying attention in regards to them, you know, hopefully, you know, signing like a new deal. And so these comics can continue because um, when I was just when I read 50 got second printing, I was like, what? That's that's amazing, like especially yeah. for a, a Power Rangers comic. Like, I know I know Shadow the Grid oh, has. Look, <laughs> look, it's the the fact that we even have like eighty plus issues of a Power Rangers comic and it's good. Yeah, and it's been going on for four and a half years. That's mind blowing in itself. Let's let's be thankful yeah. for oh, that. Of course, of first course. Off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it's not often we like I hear second printing for Power Rangers. I think the right. first, because I, I think um, when Shadow Grid came out, like the day after, it was like twenty five, like, and yeah. yeah, and but to see to see that happen again with fifty, that that's amazing. Like it, again, that's it's something you know, Parrot should be proud of, Danielle, whoever's been involved. So again, that that's just something that Hasbro needs to pay attention to. He they need to know that hey, there's a demand for these comics, and if you put out quality content, people, especially outside of us will want to buy it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I'm not buying like five, 6,000 issues of this comic. Like, <laughs> you know, so I, I'm glad like outside of, you know, the quote unquote fandom, um, there's other people out there that aren't vocal on social media. Like we've got such a small vocal uh, base in, in our circles that just consider all the people that are out there that aren't talking about this, that are picking these issues up. And that, 
they're the ones that are helping to to carry these comics. Mm-hmm. And I mean, if you think about the fact that literally all Hasbro has to do is just sign another piece of paper that says, okay, you can go off and keep doing that. Like they just sit back and collect the money. They don't have to put forth any effort. <laughs> yeah. It's already in place. It's obviously selling well. I'm like, why would you turn that off? Then again, I said that about the Sentai DVDs and we saw how that worked out. So who knows? <laughs> <laughs> and like, I think a question for that is if they have any like deals with other publishers that they feel like they could get a higher profit, like cut of the profit from them if they negotiate a deal with like IDW yeah, or something like true. that too. Mm. Which I hope yeah. isn't the case, but no. And I just really like everything that's, that's boom has done to promote power Rangers and to keep the comics going and, you know, all the variants, you know, as much as I complain about spending money, I'm happy to do it if it keeps these comics going. And, and I'm happy to do it because the comics are good. (laughs) This is, these comics, you know, have been something that I've enjoyed consistently for the most part when the show hasn't been that critically great for me. That's exactly how I feel. I was actually very um, reserved on my first on the first few issues when they, when they came out. Cause I was like, man, Dino supercharged is not really doing well for me to really care about this, mm-hmm. but it's just the way they modernized everything. And then eventually how they fleshed out everyone's story and did all these different story arcs throughout the years. And I'm just like, the comics are in a very good spot right now. And it's, it's a great, it's a good alternative to not enjoying the show. Just like you said. So I would, I would hope this continues past 2021. And here's the, here's the crazy thing. Even though GoGo ended and MMPR is going on at least until 55, we still have Ranger Slayer one shot. Mm. We've still got Dragon New Dawn three issue miniseries. And we've got the Time Force original graphic novel coming oh, out, yeah. which. Oh, wow. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, that's in October or November. So we still have so much to look forward to this year and yeah but eric i thought power rangers was dead oh, yeah. I heard it. <laughs> obviously that, I, I mean obviously power rangers is just canceled i mean yeah. god it's true though i mean there was a time when the comics were all we had i mean during ninja steel and it was like the toys were crap the show was crap and it was like come on to those comics for dear life but Derek just brought up something that I for, I didn't even think about and has me scared now. Like all of Hasbro's other properties are at IDW and that does scare me now that I think about it, but we'll see what happens. I have mixed feelings with IDW. Um, yeah. I like their Star Trek comics for the most part, but you know, I've, I've heard other things in the comics industry where it's just like, they hardly promote their stuff and boom studios has been amazing in terms of their marketing department with like reaching out for press and having a organized press site. Thankfully I've been able to access for the past year and a half, but just the fact that they can reach out to me and say, Hey, do you want to be part of this like interview tour that Ryan's doing for 50? And I'm like, yep, let's, let's get them on the <laughs> podcast. Like, well, who knows? Yeah. Maybe the boom numbers are looking better than the IDW numbers this day, these days. Maybe Transformers will go over to Boom. I'd be okay with it. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, honestly, not to get too much into it, but the the IDW Transformers right now, and I think it's gotten better recently, but for like a while, it was kind of a snooze fest. So I wouldn't mind shaking it up a little bit. They could go to IDW if they wanted to. I mean, that's whatever. But just please keep Ryan Parrott for Mm. as long as you can, because I think this year... He's proven he can juggle three freaking books at one time and they're all hitting hard. 
Gogo Power Rangers, My Morphin Power Rangers, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles crossover, which for me was way better than that that thing they did with the Justice League. <laughs> I which still, was I garbage. still haven't seen five of that. Ugh, you don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean of Justice League. I meant of Ninja Turtles. Oh, that issue was great, and it opened the door for like a sequel, which was fantastic. Thanks. Um. But not only that, like just shout outs to Ryan, because in in all the work he's done with Power Rangers, he's got two other things going on right now. He's got Dead Day and uh, Death to the Army of Darkness. So he's got like two other titles he's writing on top of all of this. The, the man is a powerhouse and I, I'm grateful he's had the opportunity to speak with us a few times now. And I'm thankful that he listens to the show but yeah, Necessary Evil, I just, overall, I really enjoyed because it's been like a year long journey and I've really enjoyed it. Yeah, same here. Absolutely. Please keep Parrot. Yeah. That's what I'm going to say. <laughs> just, just please Hashtag keep please keep Parrot. Please keep Parrot. <laughs> yeah, and um, another thing too, just like um, in terms of Boom, um, Boom does a really good job of you know, mainly promoting and also like they, they make you interested in reading the other things that they have coming out. That's not, you know, Power Rangers too. Like, um, Daniele mm-hmm. is working on another project with boom and he's Se- working seven with seven secrets. Yeah. He's working with Tom Taylor, who's another, um, great writer. And, um, you know, they got Buffy and whatever like boom does and they have confidence in, they, they make sure that the general public sees it. And I haven't seen that with IDW. Like, I no. I completely forgot that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was still a thing over there, <laughs> uh, and I, I'm not doing. I'm yeah. not saying that to disrespect them, you know. No, 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 no shade, but I forget that. I, I forget that there's things happening on that end. So um, because again, on the on the marketing side, IDW is not bringing it. Yeah. So as like it makes it just makes more sense in the end, you know, to stick with Boom. But again, I don't I don't know what goes into these yeah. talks, but you know, I, I would only hope that. If you are going to move it over to IDW, do not lose the promotion because I think the promotion is the thing that's helping it too. Mm-hmm. Well, Chris has been silent because I think his internet crashed. Uh, so for any of our listeners who are like, why isn't Chris weighed in? Should we say his internet crapped out? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I was oh, God. So hard Nobody gets that but us. <laughs> no, I can't. <yeah. laughs> So yeah, just overall, I, I, I've really enjoyed uh, Necessary Evil and I look forward to rereading it again when I'm not cram sessioning for a podcast, <laughs> take it at my own pace. Because of Power Ranger comics, I have all these like artists now that I will continue to follow their careers. Like Daniele, he's just an amazing artist mm-hmm. and I love his style. So seven secrets I'm down for it. Like, let's go. It, that looks like an interesting concept. And, Oh, I know what I wanted to bring up Ro, to your point about boom studios, just having this amazing collection of, uh, licensed properties, but their own creator content, you know, original creations. I recently read number one of their comic wind. Mm-hmm. It's, it's great. It's really great. It's another one where I'm like, am I going to be into this? And I'm into it. Is it just one issue right now? Or does it have seven? It, it's uh, is, issue one is, is the only one that's out now. But um, I think two is dropping this month, but 
yeah, if if you have a chance to read it, uh, definitely do it. And it's cool because it goes like there's definitely uh, LGBTQ representation. And I don't know, just the setting. It's more it's got like this fantasy vibe to it with like a whole new world. And I, I just love new worlds to explore. And um, I think the art's great. So whatever boom does like i know lately they've been really great at uh developing unique uh new stories with a wide range of different creators with different backgrounds and i i just i i love the comics <laughs> <laughs> that's another thing i wanted to bring up i don't know if i'm stalling for time just for chris to come back if he's going to come back but it was because of these boom power ranger comics that I became a regular at my comic shop and I started branching out and collecting other comics again, and which I haven't done in many, many years as a regular comics reader. And my comic shop guy knows me by name. He knows that I collect all these variants. I have a pull list with many different titles and it all started because of the Power Ranger comics. They, it was something I loved and it brought me back into um, the comics world and yeah, I'm spending a lot on variants and, and all that stuff, but, but I only do that because I really enjoy what they're making. And I just, I think that issue 50 was just a great celebration of all of the past arcs of go-go of shattered grid of beyond the grid of the culmination of necessary evil. It didn't feel like weighted or like beating you over the head with it. It was, it all felt natural because they've been really good at keeping all of these elements on the back burner to where they need to use them when it makes sense. And that's why everything that they've done so far, at least for me, I know a lot of people are like, Oh God, Draken's back. Oh, I'm so sick of Draken. But like what Ryan said, this isn't the Draken that we know. This is a guy that we haven't seen for a year and a half, two years that has been in his own little pocket dimension, slowly going crazy and is in contact with maybe some different, if you, if you read like the cover stories, mm. the, that 10, oh, yeah, that, that yeah. 10 mm -hmm. issue cover and whatever the hell that entity was at the end that destroyed the red, uh, emissary that's another thing we only have one emissary that's still out there the yellow one and that's another thread that they can pull and bandai like, still won't make an action figure of it <laughs> bandai you mean hasbro I know, right I just had to make the girl action figure joke <laughs> <laughs> oh no wait yellow like well no the emissaries are all like genderless I'm just They're saying just that entities. traditionally, do not dissect oh, yellow, the yeah. joke, Eric. Now it's not funny anymore. All right, you've ruined it. You've ruined Sorry. It. All right. I don't know if Chris is going to come back, so we're just uh, we're going to read our Ranger Nation answers. And I want to thank everyone again who uh, took the time to go on Twitter, uh, Facebook, or Instagram and respond. And we asked, "How did you feel about the ending of Necessary Evil?" where do you think the comics will go story-wise in upcoming issues? So first, before we get into what our listeners thought, um, I want to pose that question to all of you. 
where do you think the comics are going to go here? Where do you want them to go? Specifically with Draken, I think... I, f- I forget the uh, the upcoming synopsis of all these upcoming issues. I kind of briefly mm-hmm. skimmed through them when they as they came out, uh, and I haven't looked back. But I get the feeling that they're just going to make him a Green Ranger so they can have white-green on the same team at the same time, possibly. Or they're probably just going to do like a Draken-led team of Power Rangers. Mm. Not necessarily with the Mighty Morphin team, just him leading, like I guess, like an original team of Power Rangers. So my question is, when at the end of the 50, when Ranger Slayer said, I have to go back. That sets up the Ranger Slayer one shot. Right, but I'm saying she's world, going right? back to Draken's yeah. like, war-torn world, but that world's just kind of sitting there, right? Because Draken's not there. He's in the yeah. weird... Yeah, so think... Th- and things like what Hyperforce showed us, like, that world is still ongoing without Draken, and now she's going back to pick up the pieces, because now that Draken is gone what's happened to the coinless world right. and you know without his influence that's what the uh draken new dawn and the one shot are going to deal with who has filled that power vacuum right that's what i want i guess before i speculated on this i wanted to make sure he's not connected yes. to that at all anymore because i was going to say no because now he's about- in our universe right okay okay yeah, yeah. Because when Five and, was saying the thing about like a new team of Power Rangers, I was like, maybe the Coinless could finally get their powers back or something like that. But if it's mm. being completely kept separate, then I would think they're probably go that direction. Just a little spoiler for, for 51. I'm not going to spoil anything, but they definitely address Draken coming back. Like, obviously, because they have to deal with him directly right. now. But, but there is a portion where Z- Zordon's like... Yeah, he's not from this universe. He shouldn't even be here. Yeah. Right, right. So th- right. there is that debate that comes up. Yeah. I kind of, I don't think I want to see a redemption story for Draken. Oh, I don't either. Like, yeah. I don't, I'm hoping that that's not what they try to do. I mean, I don't, it could be done amazingly and I'll, I'll, I'll totally cop to that if it is, but I don't think that that's something that I want right now because it feels like we've already kind of seen that a couple of times, but with that said, if they don't do a redemption story for him, I really don't know. I have no idea what story they're going to tell with him. So, which is exciting. Uh, I really have yeah. no idea. I kind of want him to be just like that crazy out of his mind. Yeah. Like talking yeah. to people who aren't there and stuff like that. But like they have to decipher what's real. You will be very satisfied with 51. Yes. Cool, cool. Like, like he has some kind of dire warning, but they don't know what comes out of his mouth is gibberish or is actually yeah, yeah. field to take heed of. And I, I'll just say one little thing. He basically talks to the broken head of Saba that he turned into a necklace. Oh, wait. He's cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. He is. Oh man. I, I read 51 and I'm like, yeah, I I love where this is going. This is great. The way you're describing it, like it's exactly what I want and I need it. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say I'm looking forward to the more, I guess, slowed down pacing because um, necessary evil was a lot. Um, I mentioned it last time. Like it was emotionally, it's it, it's a very tough story. Uh, I, I dare mm-hmm. say it's even more, you know, of a, an emotional roller coaster than Shattered Good was. So I'm looking forward to us just, you know, working on fleshing out our characters. I'm obviously looking forward to the Dark Rangers coming back. And also I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing how Draken coming back like really upsets the dynamic of the team. Mm-hmm. Um that's mm-hmm. another thing I'm looking forward to. And honestly, my main thing that I'm looking forward to is 
us seeing, you know, the cover stories come to light. That's like, I've been thinking about that for the longest time. And it's, it's weird because if you don't get those cover stories, like if you don't get those variants, you don't know what's happening. So I think for those who've been collecting to treat. And they're very easy to read without buying them because they're all on previews. Like you can, you can literally download those, those pages and just, and just read it without buying it. So mm. it's accessible. And I hope that they just collect them into a future graphic novel. That's what collection. I was just going to say. I wonder if they'll throw yeah. them on the back of uh, the next trade or whatever that comes out for this. I, I think they will. I think they will. Yeah. At this point, part, like I think we're at the point where Power Rangers need, need to omnibus because we're at 50 now, right? This entire arc, uh, you could even throw Shadow to Grin it. This needs an omnibus, man, because I would They've buy They've been the doing those year that. collections. They have the yes. year one and then year two and then Shattered Grid. So I'm sure they'll. Yeah, I've got all of those. I've got all the single issues. I even collect the trade uh, paperback. So I, I'm buying these series like over three times, <laughs> but that's because I'm crazy. And um, But no, I, I love the trade paperbacks, even though I collect the single issues because they do like the full cover galleries. They do yeah. character art stuff. And then because it's easier for me to just take the trade paperback off my shelf and read it that way instead of unbagging like 50 issues. So yeah, absolutely. Th that's why I collect. Well, it's those. like you said, Eric before about this driving you back to your local comic shop. Like I used to always just read trade paperbacks cause I'm like, it's so much mm -hmm. easier. You just, you know, you don't have to hunt down individual issues. You just get like five at a time. Sometimes you can find them cheap on Amazon. And then it got to like shattered grid. And I was like, I can't wait for a trade paperback. Everyone's going to spoil the hell out of this. <laughs> so then I had to go start buying them and I just never looked back. And I've been buying the individual issues. And then like you said, started buying everything else that's coming out from, you know, X-Men came back and Spider-Man and Transformers and whatnot. But I, so I have like the first four trades and then I stopped and I'm like, I should go back and just round that out because it's weird to have half and half. But, <laughs> like you said, I love that they put all the variants in the back. It's, it's yes. very convenient and certainly uh cost and time uh, preventative uh, measure. Yeah. <laughs> very, very cost effective when you're not a crazy person like me that, that gets all of those. So uh, let's move on to Twitter. Uh, Edward Sanchez at Edward is the man said the best part of the comics are that you never know how or where they're going to take the story. It is always fun, interesting, and more phenomenal. You know, it's more phenomenal. <laughs> Henshin dad at Henshin dad. I enjoy how it felt like a celebration of the various comic storylines thus far. Now that we've had a taste of new types of Ranger teams, I'd love to see some more original team ideas played out and how they would interact with the main cast. We already know. And that's kind of what we said earlier too. So that's right mm -hmm. on it. Ash at Doxy360. I really enjoyed it. Dane was an awesome villain. Kia heel turn was cool, but would have been cooler if the covers didn't spoil it. Oh, I agree. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's... When it comes to spoilers, it, yeah, I mean, I, I, I totally feel that sentiment. Like, I know that they have to promote future uh, issues to sell it and, and the solicitations and, and all that stuff. Um, we could get into the whole spoiler conversation. I've grown used to it because that's just the nature of comics. And because I cover it like for Ranger Command. But that's the thing. It's like the solicitations can only tell you so much. When you actually read these issues, it's like, whoa, it's even more expansive than what this little blurb even hinted at. Shadow Eclipse Art at Shadow Eclipse. Sorry, man. I really love the Boom Studio original designs. I agree, too, because I don't think there's a single design they've had 
at least for Rangers that I haven't liked. So props to them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, especially the oh, Omega so suits. Mm. Their weapons are so cool. Yeah. We mentioned before, like the Ranger Danger Boom Rooms and they interview Ryan and just finding out that all of the Omega Rangers, that was all Daniele. Like even uh, Ryan wanted to do different weapons for them. But then Daniele was like, no, like they're based on the elements. Like Trini has to have this big hammer that represents Earth. And then Ryan's like, yeah, I'm an idiot. Just do what you were going to do anyway. (laughs) God, even the Solar Rangers, those suits are freaking gorgeous oh and uh kia's in legacy wars oh, now. Oh, right. we forgot to mention that but but kia the omega blue ranger is in legacy wars i personally think uh boom really outdid themselves with uh the solar rangers and the omega ranger designs to mm-hmm. be honest yeah. mm-hmm. especially nice. like how they integrated the different seasons for the solar rangers into the solar ranger power yeah Whew. i know it's pretty mixed people so love to see figures of any solar yes, ranger any Omega Ranger. Yep. Now that we're talking about these original designs, everyone's so up in arms about the potential of Hasbro not using Toei footage. Well, look, we've had four years of comics. They've made original designs, Ranger Slayer, Draken, uh, Omega Rangers, Solar Rangers, like solar variations of Power Rangers that we know. Even if we break away from Toei designs, I think we're good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, even, <laughs> like with original Hyperforce. creations. Mm-hmm. And Hyperforce. Yeah, I can't forget Hyperforce. It, and that's the thing. It's like all those designs, they still fit with the Sentai aesthetic. Like Hyperforce took elements of Time Force designs and made their own thing. The Solar Rangers are really like... Q Ranger like sister like q ranger exactly it's definitely like uh like a brother sister design it's like yeah those are definitely inspired by that and then uh the omega rangers you know a little bit of that mmpr aesthetic with the diamond but creating on a whole new theme of elemental based i i, I just i love it that it was the elements yeah. that if anything from necessary evil I love that we got the Omega. They're morphers too. I love their morphers. Oh, oh, those are so sick. I would yeah. buy one and of those. All they, all they have to do is that 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 fist uh-huh. pound yeah, brass knuckles. and it's like <laughs> let's <laughs> go. was selling them because they, they built the the actual cosplay suit for it and the helmet to display. Yep. So I think they're still selling it. I don't know. All right. So Cosmic Ranger stands with pride for BLM at Cosmic Ranger 006 said, I'm going to be honest, it was very rushed, but I think it's because the Megazord battle was too long compared to the fight with Kia being so quick. I wanted more from Slayer and the Solars, but I feel we'll get that in the future. Kiro knew uh, 1999. They just had a picture of the Die Ranger team with the White Rangers. What's that mean? Because we said, like, where do you think they'll go story-wise? Oh. Yeah. So, and there's, you know, those rumors of, like, the new Green Ranger or whatever. So, maybe, yeah, maybe he's hoping that the Die Rangers will be used. That would be neat if they went and used the Die Ranger suits instead of just reusing the Mighty Morphin suits. That would be really neat, actually. Yeah, I wouldn't mind that at all, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Get some closure. Yeah, get some closure for once. (laughs) (laughs) 
All right, It Takes Two to Toku at It Takes Two to Toku. Overall, I really enjoyed it. It was nice to see Stone Canyon Trio get a flesh-out introduction and incorporation into the team. I think at the end of the day, that was the most satisfying aspect of the arc. Agreed. Richard John Greywing saw BOP at Gotham Soulwing. I'm a little scared because of hearing at the comics end with issue 55, because that means we only get five more issues of this glorious series. But Necessary Evil in itself was fantastic. Common Rider at Collector Shuki. What's up, Shuki? I feel everything really moved moved really fast, and I wish the Solar Rangers and Slayer were able to participate a little bit more than other than being MacGuffins. Though I know Ryan wanted that too. The arc was wonderful, though, and really enhanced the power transfer and white light arcs. Mason T. Merrill at Mason Merrill said, "Thought for so much build up, the wind down to the end was a little fast, but I'm glad this arc is ending." The return of a dragon was surprising to me, but it feels right. It looks like he's been through something crazy that's changed him, and I feel this may lead to some different character development rather than just the universe domination-driven dragon we've seen so far. Yep. Facebook, Cody Johnson said, I liked the ending and was glad to finally have it released. I did want to see the new Solar Rangers they teased, but that will be for another story. As for the future, I'm excited to see the new Dark Ranger team of Rita, Goldar, and company. We know from the Amazon leak that eventually Mighty Morphin Power Rangers is relaunching with a new number one and introducing a new Green Ranger who will be on the team with White Ranger Tommy. We also know that they're starting a new series simply titled Power Rangers, starring the Omega team and Draken. I'm guessing that will be set up in the next issue due to him showing up at the end of Necessary Evil. I'm wondering what will become of the blue Omega powers. Does Draken temporarily use them or do we introduce another new Ranger? And I just Ooh. want to point out that you have to look carefully at uh, the panel in 50 when Trini defeats Kia because you see that the morpher on her wrist completely gets shattered and broken. So oh. I, oh, if you look at that panel closely, her... I'm looking at it now. Yep. Her morpher is oh, destroyed. Yeah. So, so then not that. So I don't think we'll see Blue Omega again. I think that's off the table. Now, there is a giant Omega symbol on her jar, though. Which is a nice point, isn't it? That's a nice little <laughs> detail. <laughs> so, I mean, I, even though the Morpher shattered, maybe the powers still stay bonded to her and she could fashion a new Morpher. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. That's something they could probably do, though. Yeah. Listen, we, we, we see... We just seen the the morphin grid give Jason a, a a wildly juiced up powered power morpher, so anything is possible. <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. Okay, so uh, Burgundy Ranger, what's up, Berg? I for one didn't see that deciding battle coming, but I really liked it, especially which ranger ended it. Not all stories need to end with a giant, almost too big Ultrazord fighting the main baddie in the final monster form, kind of like Leo versus Trakina to end Lost Galaxy. And, oh yeah, Kruger versus Grum to end SPD. What do you think of the smaller, more personal fights that end series or stories? Oh, he's asking us a question. Whoa. Turned back on us. I like that because yeah. Trini, and that's the best thing about Necessary Evil, in my opinion. The fact that Trini, through this whole arc, and you see it in Go Go Power Rangers when she first meets Kia, she's the one that taught Kia down from being like all super crazy and to trust them. And Trini always had these deep conversations with Kia. 
Trini was trying to be her friend. And then all this stuff happened. And the best part of 50 was Trini versus Kia. Kia's like, oh, you're going to try to talk me out of this? And Trini's like, nope, I am done with that. And yeah. I was like, hell yeah. Go, Trini. You're the best. Yeah. This is awesome. I was yeah. like, I was like, destroy her. <laughs> yeah. We see Megazord battles at the end of like every episode of the show. Yes. So like anytime it's ever a smaller personal fight, that means it's going to be emotional consequences in some way. Um, like even, you know, not necessarily always like, I mean, like Leo and Trakina, it's not like they loved each other or whatever, but right. there's still like, just because you're one-on-one, there's some, like you're, you have more of an emotional connection to them anyway. Um, and I think they play it really well in descending, like you were saying with Trini. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be rereading all this. <laughs> <laughs> we moved on to Instagram and it's at, at Smithsonian. I enjoyed the Cesare evil a lot. Kia was a good villain. Her interaction with Trini right before the final fight was the chef's kiss. <laughs> I'm never going <laughs> to, I'm never going to relive the hype from the Omega Rangers going to the moon and kick Lord Zed's arse. I love Dane. Power Rangers pretty much got their own version of Taskmaster. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good point. I like yeah. that. I live for the Tommy and Jason drama and moments that drove the story. The Omega Ranger designs are fire, and I'm looking forward to seeing them more. Maybe they can recruit Matt as the new Omega Blue. Okay. Ooh. I wanted to touch upon this because I, I, we didn't we didn't talk about it. Matt was kind of in and out of this arc, especially in the beginning. What are your guys' thoughts on Matt? Because I know that for people who read the comics, they're kind of mixed on him. And right. for me, it was like kind of weird to have him come back. And and I will say he he's back in 51. So hmm. Matt's been Ryan's personal contribution to uh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers and like, I thought it was kind of scummy of him to like, kind of move in on Kim when Tommy was trying to figure his stuff out. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird. I, I like, like I liked his arc originally, like yes. from the initial run. And I kind of almost wish, unless there's a plan for him going forward, I kind of wish he would have just like moved away at the end of that because it seems like he doesn't really play any kind of role and to have him still be in the Rangers orbit, but not enough in their life to like actually make any impact other than like creepily hitting on Kim when she's like not having a rough patch with a boyfriend. Like it doesn't, I don't really understand like what his role is at this point. Yeah. Here's what they do. They, they bring him back. So you didn't forget about him. They introduce that. He kind of sucks. Now he's going to be what's in charge of the coinless world. When Kim goes back, he's going to have become the new villain. Oh God. Oh, that'd be awesome. Oh my God. <laughs> well, Except not because he, because he died. He died. I guess he could be like resurrected as a cyborg or something. (laughs) Hey, crazier (laughs) things have happened. You could have have this Matt somehow like fall into a portal, but then because there's like a time difference, you could excel. You know what I'm saying? You could play with that kind of stuff. Like, oh man, we're going into like like soap opera type of drama. I feel bad. (laughs) For Matt, like his life was just t- terrible. <laughs> but that's why it's all twisted. Now. Oh yeah, Kim's going back to a different timeline. So who, who knows? Things could have things could have switched. She could be alive. Who knows? Um, but yeah, I don't think is don't think it a different timeline back. because the only universe that got reset is ours. So uh uh-uh. 
So I, True. I, I really think that Ranger Slayer going back to the coinless, she's going back to their quote unquote present and that it'll just be a, a coinless world where, all right, Draken decided to shuffle on to another universe to do his conquest. And then he got taken out of the picture. And so the coinless world is like, all of a sudden, well, Draken disappeared with most of his forces. Who's going to be leading that world? And that's what Ranger Slayer Kim is going back to. Uh-oh. Yeah, it's kind of like, remember in Dragon Ball Z when like Trunks came back to change the past, but then somehow was still able to return to his future and yes. he had to kill the androids again. And I was oh, like, yeah. that's not how time travel works, but all right, sure. Because <laughs> he's like, technically my time now exists as a parallel universe. So that's almost kind of like that. Like it's almost kind of like the coinless are just now that's how the coinless was always set up like when yeah with them it's a little bit more right. straightforward because it wasn't directly time travel like it was with these, oh, okay that's but true. i'm just making a parallel sure. like, that's what it reminds me of I, I think um matt is yeah he didn't bring matt back just to have him there just to be the scummy boyfriend matt will de- we will see matt in mighty morphin and he's gonna play some sort of role i don't know what but, oh, yeah, th- this wasn't just a random thing. Yeah, I want to see him play, like, a villain role because I feel like he's been lied to and dumped on, and then he kind of felt like maybe he could forgive them, but then, you know, he decides, actually, I I, I can't forgive you. I thought I could, but I can't, yeah. and then have it just go in some, and I would love to see him as a villain because it makes complex stories, so it's, it's definitely a lot of good potential there, I think. And that's what Ryan does. He, there's nothing right. that he's written that hasn't come back in some form, and there's a purpose to it. Exactly. you got to leave those crumbs and that's what good writing is you like seed uh, well especially for long form comics you plant these seeds and have them develop slowly over time so that when you need to make something major happen it's not just out of the blue it's like no this is a consequence of the past 50 issues of this comic like you just build upon what's there I think that's going to do it for our conversation. Uh, this has been a hell of a lot of fun. I love these comics. (laughs) I'm, I'm going to read them. (laughs) I'm going to read them until they're done. So I just want to give each of you guys a chance just to plug uh, everything that's going on with you. So uh, Chris, we'll start with you. Oh, wow. All right. I have a minute. Um, so, uh, real quick, me personally, uh, my YouTube channel for toy reviews is, uh, youtube.com slash longs toys. Uh, I have like three podcasts. Uh, one of them's in a bit of hibernation. That's at geek each week, um, at geek each week on Twitter. Um, obviously I'm part of RR the streets every Friday night, which is 10 PM, uh, Eastern time, 7 PM Pacific time. And that is the RRR Infinity YouTube channel. We do a live show so you guys can watch and be in the chat and we interact with the chat as we go. Um, and then me and uh, Shuk, Rai, Collector Shuki, whatever you want to call her. <laughs> we started a new Transformers podcast. Um, it's Teletran Fun. Uh, it's T-E-L-E-T-R-A-A-N-F-U-N. There's two A's in there. Uh, so at Teletran Fun on Twitter. And we're watching every episode of Transformers starting with G1 and hopefully eventually continuing on as recently as Cyberverse. So uh, that's getting off the ground. So if you guys want to show that some love, we have two episodes out so far. Three should be up very soon, and we've recorded part of four. So Nice. Uh, Ro? You guys can find me at Wolf of Queen Reviews over at um, YouTube, and um, my Twitter handle is Queen underscore. Uh, you can also find me um, on the Legion of Boom. Uh, we just hit 2,000 nice. followers nice yeah 
Um, so uh, we'll probably have a little something, you know, for that as well. But yeah, man, and also uh, kind of just want to take, you know, this time real quick. Hey, Parrot, uh, it's all love here, man. It, it, it's all love here. That's all I got to say. It's all love. Uh, whatever I said, I want to apologize. Uh, but yeah, man, it's all love here. I appreciate your work. All right, five. Uh, you can find me on YouTube, Twitter at Sentai Five. My YouTube is Sentai Five Official, official in all caps. It's like my third account I've gone through in the past twelve years. Um, aside from that, just like Row, you can find me on the Legion of Boom, L E G one zero N of Boom, and also my other podcast that I do with my good friend Ash from Legion of Boom. We are doing Buildcasters, which is a Gundam focused podcast as Ooh, well as nice. other Mecha. As well as other uh, mecha properties. Awesome. And Derek? Sure, you can find me on Twitter at Derek B. Gale, and you can also find me on another podcast on the 4-Eyed Radio Network uh, called Walloping Web Snappers, which is a Spider-Man podcast that looks at every, or cover every Spider-Man cartoon ever made. Um, you can also find me on YouTube with my video essay series called Second Chance, which looks at media that's considered bad or divisive, but like rather than just having nerd rage and rants about it, I try to understand it from a positive, analytical, and academic lens. And uh, they're very well done. I love those. Thank you. Your Indeed Beyond the Grid video yes. was awesome, by the way. I watched it. Thank you. <laughs> all right so that'll about do it for us ranger nation let us know what you think if you have questions you can email us at ranger command power hour at gmail.com or check us out at rangercommand.com. we're on twitter at ranger command ph and on instagram and facebook at ranger command power hour all one word uh once again i want to thank you guys for being on the show today uh it's always a blast and we all love these comics we we really love them <laughs> absolutely yeah thanks for having us yeah thank absolutely. you for having us honor again always a good time awesome yeah uh so ranger nation until next time uh we'll catch you on the next episode thanks for listening you've been listening to the ranger command power hour only on the four-eyed radio network you can catch a new episode every other saturday find us on the morphin grid at www.rangercommand.com Follow us on Twitter at Ranger Command PH. Like us on Facebook and Instagram at Ranger Command Power Hour. Ranger Command is also on Patreon. Become a patron by pledging as much or as little as you like every month and receive cool perks. By pledging, you are helping us make our show even better. Go to patreon.com slash Ranger Command PH to learn more. Thanks for listening.